You're listening to Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on career, family, relationships, and culture. I'm your host, Minji Chang. I'm an actor, producer, and filmmaker here to share inspiring stories and to walk through everyday life with you. Hope you're all doing as well as humanly possible at this moment in time, whenever you're listening to this. And welcome to episode 170, also known as season two, episode 10, also the season finale. We made it. I made it. Good job, Minj. Patting myself on the back because it it was harder than I expected, but it was still really great. And I have to do the thank yous at the top. Thank you to Marvin, to Anna, and to Juliana for helping me get here. My God, we did it, guys. Now I can take a little bit of a break. Um, Yeah, I feel so, it feels very alien for me to even talk about a season finale because this is my second season, even though it's episode 170. But um, it's been quite a journey. Um, And thank you to everyone that's been so supportive, leaving the reviews on the new Spotify feature. I love you. All the DMs, the emails, the support. We got an award nomination this year. I mean, the season, what am I saying? And um, yeah, it's been a crazy ride. But these 10 episodes, I feel like have just been so fun for me, giving me a, a renewed purpose in in the show. And yeah, after a bit of a break, we'll be back with season three with more more fun, well-planned topics and great guests. Sorry, my brain farted. I needed a moment. But yeah, it's been really, really fun. And uh, this week's episode is it's very fitting for a season finale because it's an extended conversation. And this happens when I talk with this person who's a dear friend of mine. And uh, it's none other than David So. He's a comedian. He's a YouTuber. He's an actor. He was in Justin Chan's film Gook. Very good. He was a great character in that film, in my opinion. He's on, he's an entrepreneur, and he's also a musician. Um I met David a long time ago in collaboration San Francisco Days, very, very early on. Um, been great to watch him grow and thrive as a businessman, as a creative human being. And he's also the host of the Genius Brain podcast, where he talks about pretty much whatever's on his mind and uh, with his friends, with his fiance. And it's been great sometimes, you know, just hearing him mouth off about something that like I really resonate with is honestly fed me a lot of different topic ideas for my own show. So I really appreciate David. And I'm glad that he finally responded to my texts. And we set this conversation up. I've been bugging him for a minute. And I'm really excited because one of his uh, episodes really was thought provoking for me to think about how I am now an adult child becoming like the parent of my parents. So definitely wanted to dive into that with him. I wanted to get his thoughts on that. But we definitely start the conversation off in true David So style, just talking about whatever's on our minds. And it, that includes a really wonderful conversation on self-awareness. And David's mind is incredibly critical, analytical. And a lot of that, I don't agree with everything that he says, but like I appreciate the way that he thinks. And so it's great to have uh, some time for us to bounce ideas off of each other because I'm very much into self-development, self-improvement, and I'm quite an introspective person myself. So I hope that people enjoy this. They take away something great. And I'll say this actually before we get to the outro because, you know, it'll be a minute before we get there. But I just wanted to, you know, acknowledge the fact that 
currently when I'm recording this, it is still quite a crazy time. Um, There's a lot happening with Russia, Ukraine. There's apprehension. The world is continuously a bit, you know, unstable. Things are getting more expensive and causing a lot of stress in different people's lives. And that is very real um, because not everybody has the income or, or the privilege to kind of take all of that in stride and just easily adjust to everything becoming as stressful and as expensive as it is. So I'm just putting it out there. You know, I don't know where the world will be when I come back, you know, with season three. Hopefully, I'm really hoping that it's in a better place. But in the meantime, I'm just asking and encouraging everybody out there, please take care of yourselves. You know, please do whatever you need to do whether that's to act or to step back, to take action or to rest, um, to get help, to get therapy, or to just stay silent for a minute, to disconnect. Figure out what works for you and, you know, hopefully we can all show up in the ways that we need to when when we need, you know, when that is required of us. Um, because I do think we're entering a time and, and a, you know, just a moment in history where we all have to be available as available because I think it's it really is all hands on deck and the more that we can be all hands on deck and be able to provide whatever service or um, action or support that we can you know then that can really alleviate a lot of suffering a lot of you know bad trickle effects and fallout that doesn't need to happen so that's my wish because as we are closing out season two we're still in quite uncertain times, and I just want to put that out there because I know that my listeners, if you're listening to this show, that you are a person who thinks deeply and who wants to make a difference in the world, who believes that you can, and maybe going through some different stumbling blocks, but you're willing to do the work to get to that point. Because I'm so confident that you, my beloved listener, are of that type person, um, I just want to put that out as a reminder and encouragement and give you a big hug and thank you for the work that you're doing because I think the internal work that we do does make a huge difference in little and big ways over a very long period of time and um, we need all of that also no I won't share it here I'll share it a different day well I'll share it here Um, I'm recording this on my brother's birthday this segment um, and I just wanted to share because I'm really excited that you know, I've mentioned him in various times on this podcast, and uh, it's his 40th, which is a big milestone. And I'm really, really excited because I, I don't think I was ever this happy to, like, give a gift. But for any of any of you guys who have been following along with the podcast and listened to different episodes where I shared um, some of the, the hardships that I went through as a teenager and ending up in Paris, France, and things like that. I talk about that a little bit in uh, my Valentine's Day episode. But my brother was a really, really big part of why I survived that. He's a really big part of why I am standing here today and healthy and intact and still optimistic and hopeful and happy as a person. I really attribute a lot of that to my brother because if he hadn't stepped in and helped me the way that he did at the time I needed help the most in a dire situation I wouldn't honestly wouldn't be here so today's his birthday and I was really proud because it kind of brings together a lot of things like um, my own self-development my financial situation um, and just my relationship in general with myself with my family Uh, I was able to uh, gift him a trip back to Paris and I promised him this when I was 19 
because I crashed his trip to Paris when he was studying abroad so that he he forced me to go so he could take care of me. Um, but that's just like, I don't know. I felt so grateful, really proud of myself that I could be in a place to like do that. And then my family was amazing. My brother, my parents, they also chipped in. So we were able to gift him um, something beautiful. And I don't know. I just, it feels good to also be good on my word and to fulfill a promise that I sincerely meant at 19. And y'all, I've gone through like two rounds of big credit card debt, all this stuff. Like for me, it's also a financial feat. And I, I'm, I feel very grateful, purposeful, confident, humbled. And I just feel ready. I don't know how else to describe it. I feel like these moments of joy and happiness, being able to do something for my brother that I've wanted to do for literally almost two decades, it feels so good. And it's very empowering for me to like go forth and do more. I want to do more for him, my family, for my friends, for you guys. Um, I just want to celebrate that. I celebrate him. I celebrate this gift that I was able to give him because I don't know, I'm just really happy right now for that. And it's a reminder of I think to me what really matters and yeah, just the kind of stuff I want to do. So I'm going to take this energy into my break and I will be making a short film. Actually, this is, this really is me kind of launching forward. So there's fun stuff that'll be happening during the break. Hope you keep up with the Instagrams. Uh, I'll share what I can, but it's going to be an exciting time. Even in uncertain times, we're still going to forge on and we're going to make things happen and do good in this world. Okay, so thank you for listening to my very long intro. Enjoy this very long episode and conversation. Um, a look on self-awareness and parenting our parents with David So. Enjoy. Came in 88 with a dream of so bright eyed. They knew right away, sink or swim, there's no lifelines. Cutting the teeth on the move. Nobody's Thank you for being here. Yes. Really, really happy. It's a long time coming. I've been pestering you for, I think, uh, literally years. But you've been pestering me. It's just shit, just fucking. Like, we would have done this earlier if I wasn't moving. Like, yeah, ugh. yeah, yeah. And that's a night. Okay. We don't have to go into that trauma if you don't want to, but like moving. How, when when did you decide to move and how how long was that because the, the reality is moving starts way before you move you know what i mean well i talked about on this, on my podcast multiple times but we'll tell the story again because i still have the heat in my heart but okay. like my uh okay. my fucking uh landlord decided to raise the rent on us without telling us oh, which no. is fucking illegal no and so and uh you know obviously she's a homeowner so there's no rent control on that part but during pandemic you know you, you wouldn't want to do that to people but raises the rent by the california maximum and uh has us where so our, our contract ends up and we're supposed to sign a new contract for either another year or go month to month she asked us without op- which option i was like i'll go month to month and she goes, cool she sends the contract i'm about to sign it and then it's like 300 something dollars more i'm like wait hold on a second i was like did you raise the rent she goes oh yeah i was like well could you have fucking told us before i signed the fucking paper you bitch you know and so she goes well actually i should be charging you so i was paying 3700 she goes well you should be grateful because i actually should be charging you 4500 for the neighborhood and i'm like what neighborhood was this where you live where were you living it was it was arcadia okay and i was just like i'm saying and so I, you know, when she's, she's like talking to me like a piece of shit and I'm like, Oh, okay. You want to play that game, whatever. And I was like, fine with it. And then, you know, my lady comes in and she goes, did you read what she wrote to me? I was like, what did she write to you? And she writes to her and she kind of like 
it's weird because she's a woman, but she mansplains to my to my lady. She goes, um, big due to inflation and you know all these businesses, like even they're raising their rent on stuff. He goes, but you wouldn't know this, so ask your husband because he owns a business, so he would know. Whoa, 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 whoa! And I'm like, oh, no. and you know, at first I was like, that's kind of rude, but then I saw how upset she was, and I started getting upset. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you don't talk to my woman like that, you know. So I like I'm, that energy. I like that, David. Good job. So Tennis. I started getting so mad that I end up. I actually, as I was typing an email to her, my nose started bleeding. <laughs> You're lying. That's out of a Korean drama, like the comedic section of the Korean drama. I was like, I started like cursing in Korean, and then my fucking nose starts bleeding. I'm like, dude, my blood pressure is raising. I'm going to have a fucking heart attack. I was just about to say, you're not even going to make it to like 45. You're just going to have like uh, issues uh, and keel over one day. Dude. And then she just started saying ridiculous shit. Long story short with that, I said like, hey, whatever you said in the email, you can say to my face when you come here and we leave because we're leaving. We found a new place. And then she started to take all of our deposit. But, you know, per my advice of my dad, he was like, you know, this lady's an asshole. But what's the objective? If you want to get your deposit back, you're going to have to play smarter. So I just, um, I just, I just started being really, really nice, and it was killing oh. me on the inside. I was like <laughs> dying. I was like, ah! you know. But my dad was like, "You want the deposit back or not?" I was like, "Yeah, I want the fucking deposit." So I started playing super nice. Turns out, talking to all the neighbors, the neighbors fucking hate her too. They, they yeah. hate our landlord. I had no idea. And so the last day when we're moving out all of our stuff, I my neighbor starts fucking getting into it with her. Because she was doing some bullshit that I didn't know about. And uh-huh. they to, they were like yelling at each other. I'm like, dude, nobody fucking likes her. I had no idea. Oh, my God. I have stories. That, that's not the, the topic of this podcast. But like I have stories because I, I became a homeowner with my, my parents and I. We like invested in a place. Uh, and it was years ago. But I, I, had, I did not know what I was getting myself into becoming like a homeowner. But, dude, the power of neighbors, man. In, there's mm-hmm. a very long story there. But – there's a lot of power in that. Like it is a very, very good resource to have like at your disposal to be in communication with your neighbors, to have good relationships and not just like pure, like leverage and manipulation only. Um, but that shit's powerful. And there's like, honestly, the more, you know, and and, uh, I'll tell you this, (laughs) like I've never, that was like one of the most adult things I've ever done where I Mm. kind of like swallowed my pride in order oh, to work on a, on a bigger objective. And it was hard because at the end of the day, like I told her, hey, look, we'll leave here. Um, and, you know, I kind of schmoozed her and we worked something out. I was like, I'll, I'll take the photos for you, for your new place where you put it up. And she was so grateful and just oh. super nice at the end of it. I still want to beat her ass, but like I. <laughs> oh, the rage is real. Like that. Yeah. Even even when you gain all the clarity and objectivity and wisdom and all this, even when you're a Zen monk, I'm sorry. But if you're like a Korean person, especially. <laughs> like it's, it's so sadistic because I'm like, dude, you're an older woman. I would never put my hands on you, but you have a son. And I'm like. <laughs> Beat the shit out of your son. Like, I swear. Uh, Well, Uh, that's actually very apropos for our topic today. And and good job, David Appa. Good job giving good advice, sound advice. uh, And you listened. So good on you. I applaud you too, David. Oh, Tadis, you're growing. I know. I would have never done that when I was younger, but he might know know a couple of things. You're a grown man now. Kind of. Kind of. (laughs) 
Well, Ugh. speaking of which, because we have our, I, I like to do origin stories a little bit, like, because when I have different guests on, sometimes I'm on this podcast just talking to myself and that's a fun crowd. Um, mm-hmm. But when, when I get to bring my friends on, I'm just like, oh yeah, recalling like how we met. I met you before we get into our, our, our parents and parenting our parents and all, all the stuff that's there with that. I just want to like, for the record say, I knew David when he was a singer. Oh, yes, you did. It was a long time ago and it was a Mm -hmm. beautiful moment when you when you graced us with your voice. I did not know because I knew you as the UCLA YouTube guy. Mm, That's that's right. That's so funny. That's right. The man, the myth, the legend. And so when you came to an open mic night for collaboration in San Francisco, I was like, oh, you know, what was so interesting? I don't even remember how I found out about collaboration. Um, That was going to be a question. I guess you don't. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how I found out about it. Like, I, I, I either saw a flyer or I saw something, and I was like, "Oh, it's like a talent show out in like the Bay Area, and it's for I don't know whatever." I was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll fucking go." Because I used the reason why I went to the Bay Area because I used to hit up comedy clubs, anyways. Yeah. So I'm like, "Oh, I'll just do this," and then while I'm gonna you know hit up a club at the night, I'll I'll just I'll just do this talent show first. But, Amazing. But music was something that I just liked doing at the time. I wouldn't say it was like a hundred percent passion of mine, but it was something I really, really enjoyed. So, you know, at the time I didn't know what collaboration was, but it was it was like the biggest like national Asian American talent finding thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people who don't know about collaboration, there's a lot of YouTubers that you grew up loving knowing that were a part of that. So they were doing the shows, they were performing. And then lo and behold, you know, when YouTube became a thing, our names just got bigger, but a lot of us met each other at collaboration. I love, honestly, like there's so much that's happened since then, right? Since like the YouTube boom, but, and like a lot of things have come full circle. There's new apps, there's new platforms, there are new mediums, all that stuff. But that's the part that I think my, my gut feeling with all of that, even though I was definitely enamored by all of the social media stuff, like Mm -hmm. love it. I was an avid consumer. I still, I still am, you know, grown child. Um, but that in-person factor, I always love that. Just like being in the same room and, and hearing people, uh, seeing in, seeing live or do their comedy live. I love comedy clubs. And then just having people like give them their energy through applause, through like screaming and like talking to them after too. Mm-hmm. That you can't like, I don't, I still really believe there's no replacement for that. As digital as the world is and will continue to, to be, um, there's not, you can't replace that. It's just different. Yeah. I mean, the vibe and the energy is so different. Like I, it, it, pandemic fucked people up a lot, man. Like I, yes. Even like people that I know that they just haven't talked to people in a while. And also too, I'm a very intense person. So I think like they haven't been around around me in a hot second. So it's like sometimes they have to get a quick refresher. They're like, oh shit, this is, this is how David is. It's like, yeah, like, cause even during pandemic, I still talk to people. I met people outside. Like I I need human interaction. So Mm -hmm. like, I, I think, you know, when you're to yourself and you only have your thoughts, there's a couple of things that happen. Um, some people, specifically in the relationship sense, a lot of people broke up. Um, mm-hmm. They found out things that not so much that they didn't like about their partners, but things that they didn't like about themselves. And they had to sit in a place with just this other person and yourself. So you had to look into a mirror. And that mirror sometimes kind of reflected a lot of the shit you didn't like about yourself that you couldn't run away from. You couldn't go out and drink. You couldn't go party. You couldn't see people and you had to deal with your problems and it fucked up a lot of relationships. And I think like on that time, on that same tip, they realized too, when you're just talking to yourself, you don't have social skills anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Like it all disappeared. (laughs) 
so I sometimes I meet some of my friends. I'm like, oh, you f- fucking weird. What's, what's wrong with you? Because they haven't <laughs> they haven't talked to anybody in so long. You know? We're on an awkward on ramp back to society right now. And yeah, I, yeah. I, I totally agree. It's like even for me because I'm hella extroverted and I love people. But the older I get, I get a little bit. I'm getting more and more introverted. But I still love human interaction. I love being. I loved being in crowds. But like just being in those spaces and having to talk with more than one person at a time. I was like, damn, I'm tired. And I, how did I do this all the time before? And and I run out of things to say faster. And then I like, I don't have the energy to like go further. Before I could like push past that, the awkwardness, because I really don't want, I that's don't like also, it. Girl, yeah, we, it's older, like, we don't give a fuck. That's, that's really what it is. Like, <sighs> as I get older too, I mean, I already didn't give a fuck when I was younger, but now it's just getting worse. Like, it's, <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't have this thing of like, nobody is obligated or, they don't have ownership of my time. Like you, mm-hmm. you don't have that shit. Like when I, when we were younger, like I say teens, you know, you're so worried about like group dynamics and, you know, th- that small little weird social politics. As you get older, your, your, your group is smaller. The people that you know who are important to you are important to you. If they fuck with you, they do. If they don't, they don't. Life yeah. is good. Move the mm-hmm. fuck on, mm-hmm. you know? And um, it's funny because I, I was having a conversation yesterday with a mutual friend of ours and, you know, there, I had this habit of when I dislike something in somebody, I have to say it out loud, right? <laughs> like I have to, I can't, I can't not say, it, especially when it's somebody I care about. Oh, okay. If it's somebody I don't give a fuck about, you could crash and burn and I'll watch the flames. You know, what I mean? but mm-hmm. if it's somebody I care about, I'll say some shit. And, you know, I think like because we haven't hung out in so long, I think he kind of forgot how direct I am. Yeah. And I think it kind of pissed him off a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. and because it was just mm-hmm. like and you might agree to and we'll talk about it off podcast because I do want to ask you ask you about this later, too. Um, OK, it's like it's like the habit of um, kind of it's called I call it like pseudo kindness where. You meet this person, they say, oh, like, oh, I see you and this person is doing so well. You guys are killing it and just laying on the compliments. But when it comes to what they're doing, they don't have much to say, you know, mm-hmm. and then the certain things come out. It's like, oh, if only this and this happened to me, I'd be popping off. I'd be doing this. It's like, ah, so that's that's what it is. Like, it's it's kind of like you are congratulatory of my success, but you do feel a certain way that you're not there too, Right. You know, and yeah. I dislike that because. My thing is, is like if you're talented and you're doing the right things, it will happen for you too. Because this person too is also way more talented than I am, very successful in, in his own right. But at the same time, the conversation comes out. It's like, I think he didn't like it when I said, um, you're more talented than I am. You're the, one of the funniest guys I know. You just make a shit ton of excuses. Every time there's something going up, about to happen, you always say, oh, it would have happened if it, if it wasn't for this. And I'm the type of person where I see a quality that I don't like in myself, I see it in my friends. I basically said, you are the most annoying fucking person I've ever met in my life. <laughs> I was like, you are so old, it's annoying. This is how old fucking people talk, <laughs> you know? Mm. And then it got to a point where I was just kind of ripping into him. And I was trying to be nice about it to my nicest, but he ended up walking out and leaving, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. But it was like, oh, maybe people just kind of forgot a little bit of how intense I am sometimes. You know, it's something I could work on, but I, 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 I don't think I care to. <laughs> 
There's growth. I mean, that's real too. Here's here's my thing, David. Like you, you from from when I met you in that in that little cafe where you did where you sang your song and like melted all our hearts. And I was like, wow, this is a really like soulful, soft side to this this really outspoken dude that I had seen on YouTube, right? Like ripping <laughs> apart this this dumb girl at UCLA, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. which is an iconic moment. I don't care. Like that belongs in a book somewhere. I need to write it. I just had a angry Asian man and Jeff Yang. They they wrote a book with Phil Wang called Rise. It's about mm-hmm. Asian American like pop culture. And I was like, no, that video alone needs its own <laughs> analysis. Um, because it was a moment of like popping off. And that was like the signature of your personality, right? Like, yeah. I think right out the gate, anybody who who encountered your persona, whether that's on digital or like in person, can tell that about you. You're incredibly direct. You're very outspoken. And that's a part of me that I have that side of me too, but I've spent a lot of my life people pleasing. So I like skirt around that. I don't, a lot. I don't do people pleasing. I, I, I know feel- you don't. See, but that's like to me what like always appealed to me about you, even though like some of the things you said I don't agree with. But to me, at the core of it, I was like, no, but I appreciate the fact that there's no farce on this guy. He's Man, not, I don't even not- agree with half the shit I say either. So it's like, <laughs> you're like, <laughs> yeah, sometimes I'll say it, and then I'll go back and I'll look at it. I'm like, nah, that's probably wasn't right. <laughs> you know what I mean? no, like, you, I've heard you say like, that was stupid. I don't know why I said that. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're real with yourself too, right? So it's not like you're only just viewing, you're like out there trying to like rip everyone else apart or anything like that. It's like, no, you, you just like really speak what's on your mind. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, sometimes too, like I feel right in the moment and then somebody will say something else. I'm like, oh shit, maybe not. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's all that it is. But people forget that part about like communication. You know, when you talk, you're going to say how you feel in the moment. And there's and with conversation and you know civil discourse, you could change somebody's mind. My mind has been changed so many times on this podcast, on the podcast that I do all the time, just mm-hmm. because somebody said one thing, and I'm like, yeah. oh, my bad, I didn't see it like that, and then, and then I move on. You know, <laughs> good, good job. I'm yeah. learning that. I think I think that wasn't even like a conscious intention of mine, but I definitely am same. Like having a public. Like we're having a conversation, but this is with full acknowledgement that's going to go in a public sphere, right? Mm -hmm. So it kind of puts a different layer on the way that I'm going to go about this. And I I appreciate that. I'm not going to say I like it all the time because I've hated it sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I think that the process of doing that has been to my benefit because it made me if you listen to my earlier shit, I'm just like, so I can hear my self consciousness. Mm. But then I can hear myself grow over time where I'm like, oh, I think I'm being a little bit more honest now or I'm being more receptive or I I can hear myself. I remember what I was thinking, like I'm listening more. Mm. So those are good things because to me, okay, I have a side that's similar to you where I'm like really, really opinionated. And I I grew up being very, very judgmental and Mm. being very like, oh, you should do this and you should do that. And you know, you're stupid. You don't know this, you know, and I still feel that on occasion. Um, but like it's it's taught me how to check myself a lot more. So even if I have a strong opinion, I don't actually think that there's anything wrong with that anymore. And that, now my grown ass self is a little bit more okay. But I could be totally wrong. I could I could really yeah. be convinced otherwise, and I want to remain open to that. But because- also too, I think like being hyper analytical of just you know saying things that aren't right is kind of a waste of time is like the biggest difference is that you put your stuff out in a, for the public to judge. Like mm-hmm. you've heard just conversations at a coffee shop, how stupid they are. And if they were on a podcast saying that shit, they get ripped apart. You know, <laughs> it's just how human beings are. We're going to 99% of the shit that we're going to say is feelings and nonsense. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not, I'm, 
that's that's just what conversation is. Yeah. And you know, in the podcast space too, when people come on this, and I always tell them, like, look, do your own research and just be a fly on the wall, and then have your own discussions about it. This is just people talking. No, nowhere near am I a source of knowledge and truth. I am. Yeah. It's opinion. You know, yeah. and I'm going to say a lot of dumb things. And I always have to say, I always have to preface that. It's like, there might be a nugget of truth in here somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but most likely a lot of this stuff is really stupid or it's just from personal experience. And if you have a personal experience that's different from mine, guess mm-hmm. what? That's your shit. And that's, it's, it's true in your own way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all that it is. Do you think you ever use that as a disclaimer? Because I've asked this question myself. Do you ever think that you use that disclaimer of like, I say lots of stupid shit to kind of like to to clear the air of like, I'm going to say some stupid shit. Like you're, It's not you're, even. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to piss you off. Yeah. So I just, you know. It's not even to cover my ass because I'm scared of getting canceled. I yeah. say that because I want people to kind of be in the right mind state when you listen to a podcast, mm. right? If I am... Dr. Fauci, right? And I'm yeah. saying something about COVID, then yeah, this is going to come from somebody who was an expert in a, in a particular subject matter in space. That's not what I'm here for, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like, for example, I'll say some shit about, I don't know, MMA or fighting. And they're like, that's the dumbest take I've ever heard. I'm like, probably. <laughs> but <that's- laughs> and? Yeah. I was like, it's just my thoughts, you know, yeah. then go, and then write your own thoughts. Move along. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all that it is. So it's just preferencing people to kind of like get them to understand the things that I'm going to say, because most of the stuff I say is just for jokes. Mm-hmm. It's jokes and it's just fun, stupid conversation that I'm having with my friends. That's why you don't see a lot of guests on my podcast. Yeah. Um, I, I had a guest on the other day and we shot two episodes and it sucks. So I'm, I'm not going to put it out. And I have to text him later on today and say, hey, this isn't good because you did not look good in this podcast. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's like the directness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I respect that. And, that, and that's, and that's your space. It's it's your show. Yeah, and I, 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 yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm working on the evolution of this space is like, I, I think I've in the past been hyper obsessed with not even consciously, but hyper obsessed with like perfection, which is unrealistic and absurd. And I even consciously know that, but still hyper obsessed with like perfection or like deathly afraid to say the wrong thing. I think that's been like a very pervasive part of my life in general, not just the podcast. Mm. But now I'm, I think because of this process of doing this, uh, you know, not necessarily week after week, we have weekly episodes, but I'm doing this regularly to like listen back on myself to listen to other shows, to listen to your shows with a little different lens. And then that helps make me a little bit more gentle on myself to be like, yo, you're just, you're saying what you think right now and that's okay. Mm-hmm. So if, if it, if it has to be amended or changed or, you know, altered later, then so be it. But right now, just like, this is the version of you, you're going to put out there and deal with it. Yeah. You know? And that, that's the thing too. It's like, even as you say this and, you know, we say this, I think people also have to understand it's not like I say it, whatever happens, fuck you guys. It's not that. It's I'll say yeah. it and then I'll take the the consequences that come with it. That's it. Yeah. You know, because, yeah. yeah, there's, you know, you could say something and if you're wrong and you get backlash for it, then you're going to have to own up to that too. So, you know, one of the things that I, uh, a phrase that I used to hear a lot growing up that I hated was, um, it's better to do something than nothing at all. And that is the dumbest fucking thing anybody has ever, ever told anybody, you fucking morons. If you don't know shit, don't say shit. Just be quiet, mm. right? Mm. Especially if it's about a serious topic, you know? Mm. And I wasn't like that at all. Like I, I only figured this out 
two or three years into, you know, doing YouTube, I'm like, I actually don't know anything about certain things, but I feel like I'm just trying to make content. <laughs> Maybe I should just be quiet. <laughs> you Whoa, know? The self-awareness. Yeah. I'm very curious because you're, you've mentioned a few times, like I wasn't like, or like you're alluding to like your former self. Cause I know you were born in Korea, right? Am I wrong? Yeah. I was born you're born in Korea. Korea. When did you, cause I want to know young David. I oh, want to know man. if you are were always like this, or and if you weren't, when you became more like this, like, oh, and because yeah. we are talking about parents, and you you brought up your dad right out the jump with like his advice to you, where did that come into play? Because I also found out late. I, I mean, I had known you for a few years before I found out you were like a, a pastor's kid. Yeah, like all of that. That's like a lot. You know, I, there's a lot there. Um, yeah, like I've, I've spoke about this multiple times, and I, only on the podcast have I been really open with it because um, nobody. Nobody assumes this is who I am. Like, number mm-hmm. one, I am an introvert. Number two, I deal with a lot of anxiety. And not just, like, getting nervous here and there. Like, I, I can laugh at it because, you know, as a comic, I can make a joke about fucking anything. And I just did an episode on this. I'll tell you this story if you haven't heard this podcast yet. But this this is, like, stuff that I just – I can't stop laughing at myself about because I think that I'm over my anxiety until I start doing something really stupid. So, okay. like, <laughs> I, was at, I was at the fucking airport. And I have a habit of when I go to the airport, once I pass TSA, I put my headphones on and everything goes blank. Well, the problem with this is that when I'm listening to like a podcast or I'm listening to music and I'm just walking around, I don't pay attention. I've walked into the women's bathroom multiple times. So so this time, and this is I'm in LA, I walk into the women's bathroom, right? And then I have music playing and this lady is saying some shit to me and then I take out my earbuds and she goes, you're in the woman's bathroom and she's clearly <laughs> upset, right? Looking at me like I'm a fucking pervert. Uh-huh. I didn't know, you know, but I am confused because everything is processing really slow because I'm like, no, I'm in the men's bathroom and then I kind of look around. I'm like, <laughs> Oh shit! I'm in the woman's bathroom, and it's slow. The gears are slowly turning, mm-hmm. but I'm not saying anything because I'm shocked. The next thing you know, this lady comes up, this Asian woman comes up, <laughs> and she goes, "Did you ask what his or her pronouns are?" Oh, she's defending me. Oh, and I'm sitting progressive. there, and they start arguing and fighting over me. <laughs> now my anxiety starts to kick in. Now, at this point, as a fucking grown ass adult, I should have stepped in and be like, actually, I'm a man. I just walked into the wrong side. I apologize. Mm-hmm. I did not. So this lady <laughs> just sat back and let them I just fight. stood there, just shocked. And this lady looks at me and she goes, What are your pronouns? You're you're you probably identify as a woman, which is why you're in the woman's bathroom, right? And I said, wow. yeah. I, you know, I said, yes. And so I oh my God, David. just walked into a stall and I sat there. <laughs> You went in the stall? I went into the fucking stall and I sat there as these people were yelling at each other because of my anxiety. And I was just sitting there just gripping at my clothes like, you fucking idiot. And I just sat there. And this lady, after they're done, she goes... They get into it. This lady's screaming at her. She's like, you fucking libtards. That's why I fucking hate Los Angeles. And this was super early in the morning. So it was only us three in the bathroom. And so oh she, my God. And she goes to my stall. She goes, are you okay? I was like, yeah, yeah I'm just going <laughs> to finish up here. And, uh... <laughs> David, you're giving me anxiety. Oh, my God. When did this happen? How this happened was like this? fucking two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, my God. this is who i am i'm like you know this whole shit's going down i'm like damn dude my anxiety is so bad like i can't i'm just sitting there you know but 
I, I've, I've dealt with anxiety my whole life and it's been, mm-hmm. it was really bad when I was a kid. So when I was a kid, uh, I, I used to never be able to make like eye contact. I couldn't uh, talk to people. I couldn't even order fast food because I was scared <gasps> of talking to new people. Wow. So my dad used to beat my ass because he hated these qualities in me. He he thought that, you know, like I was incapable of surviving out in the real world because I couldn't do these things. So um, my and my dad remembers this. He goes, dude, you couldn't even order food. Like, how do you do stand up? I was like, it's a struggle. Like, I shit you mm-hmm. fucking not. Every time I do stand up, every time I'm on stage, people think it's a breeze for me. It's not. It is a it is a habit that I built over time. Like it, I always have to swallow these feelings and say, you're not going to die. You're not going to die. Just go up there and see what happens. And wow. then every time I did stand up, I did it. And it got easier and easier and easier and easier. So I just was never like this. I was never straightforward. I used to get bullied all the time. I got punked. I didn't grow up in a very nice neighborhood. I was a fat Asian kid with glasses. And I used to get my ass beat all the fucking time. Well, after a certain point, you just kind of it's either fucking survive or die. What mm-hmm. are you going to do here? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think like uh, there are like very specific moments in my life. So when I was in high school, um, I wanted to join choir, but I was afraid of joining choir because, and at the time, this is not a phrase that I would use ever, but people in my school during, you know, early 2000s, late 90s or whatever, would like to call people the word a faggot. And they, mm-hmm. I would, they would, you know, if you did something like singing, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I didn't do things because I was very uh, scared of judgment. I was very getting my ass beat by my friends and uh, I just never did it. And then one day I was just like, well, what? fuck it. Let's see what happens. And I was happy. <laughs> you know? And your beautiful ass voice was gifted to the world. <laughs> by the way, sidebar, side note, like David's a very, very good singer. I didn't even like articulate that earlier about this open mic night. Like you're a really, really wonderful singer. You have so much soul. And like that, that pisses me off for a lot of things. I mean, I go off, I, I run my mouth about like toxic masculinity and all that stuff because that, that shit right there, exhibit A, right? Um, and But like to go on the, the anxiety part though, when you, when you share that, you know, like you're, you're getting bullied and that your friends, you're, you're scared that your friends would beat your ass or like, and that your dad was doing that same thing too. nature or nurture. Like, do you really, when you go backwards, do you think that that anxiety was, was, it was always there? Or was it like put in you by all these other environmental things where like you're getting for being whatever, an introvert or having things that are not hyper, like type A dominant, outspoken, whatever things that either your dad or the rest of society is expecting from you. Do you feel like that that anxiety was like given to you and then I, exacerbated um, because you're getting beat on that? I think I was just, just you know, my dad said I was just always like that was a little kid. I was just okay. always anxious. And then, but, but honestly, my outspoken personality is from my mom. Okay. My, mom my mom is 10 times worse than I am. Yeah, you said that to me before. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, okay. She's 10 times worse than I am. This woman is nuts. So like my dad is actually the shy, quiet one. And, you know, like mm-hmm. I said, you know, we hate the qualities the most in others that we see in ourselves. And I think yeah. that my dad hated that about me because he is somebody who is also very shy. But he was a pastor, which doesn't make any fucking sense, you know? And much like me, somebody who deals with anxiety, I just stand up for fucking 10 plus years. So yeah. how weird is that, you know? And yeah. The human condition, man. We're we're walking. I mean, that's there's so much about us as people that I think if you step back and like look at it, it's not without judgment, right? Or not like trying to, you know, 
assess a person in terms of like whether they're good or bad or whatever, great or awesome or terrible, just like on, on a data level. I love like looking at behavior. It's mm. like, we're so contradictory. We're very like paradoxical in a lot of ways. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like being this type of person, I'm okay with just going back and just saying like, I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about because I never knew what I, the fuck I was doing ever, <laughs> ever. I never knew what the fuck I was doing, dude. I, like if I showed you a picture of what I looked like uh, in high school and then you know, the type of person that I thought I wanted to be, you would laugh. It's like this kid who clearly looks like he, you know, masturbates furiously in his room and just watches anime all day, wanted to be a gangbanger. It's like, bro, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, are you out of your mind? You know, but thank you for that image, by the way. But yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. And so <laughs> think about the smell too in the room. So. Oh, shut up. Oh, God, why? <laughs> should not have said anything. No, but I, I, I feel that. And like, it was funny because the episode that I just did before this last week's episode was um, about late bloomers with my friend James, hmm. who who was like the also like, you know, Chinese American kid, nerdy became an, a model later like there's like two extremes of this mm. right like going from somebody that would be a social pariah to being like the one that everyone was either jealous of or trying to get at right and so there's so many and like what you're what you even said earlier about it really seems speaks to me about all this uh giving a shit about stuff that doesn't matter or like you know being so aware of like the social social hierarchies that at, at a certain point become really dumb you're like, why do I care about any of this? this is yeah, man. Like there's going to be a point in everybody's life. So whoever's listening to this, if you're really young, like you're you're going to always question everything that you're going to do, especially at a young age, because you just haven't had the life experience to know what you mm-hmm. really care about and want. And mm-hmm. even as adults, like people my age who are, you know, 33, 34, they aren't any better, you know, um, it's just that classic saying of just like daring to fail. Like a lot of people don't do that still. You know, there's always a reason, excuse, and even to go back to, you know, I was talking about the friend that I had a conversation with. There's always a fucking reason, excuse that something hasn't happened for him, Mm -hmm. you know, but the reality of the situation is, it's like you only put your foot halfway in because if you fail, you have something that you have a crutch to fall back on. Oh, I didn't, it didn't happen for me because I had kids. I had X amount of stuff. I had a mortgage to deal with. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. I hate that quality in people. I hate it so fucking much because he's a piss or get off the fucking pot. I don't want to hear that shit. Or you shut the fuck up when you when you meet me and we hang out. I don't want to hear shit about that stuff. You know, just come out, have a good time. Let's just chill. Don't talk about the shit you want to do that you're not going to do anything about because it's going to piss me off. You know. Well, I understand. Like, I I, I respect the 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 principle and like the core philosophy of like, yeah, no one no one's any better from like when you're younger. I'll also. Because everything's a fucking paradox. I also counter that with like, I do think we are better personally. Like mm-hmm. in terms of like, we're still confused and always have something to figure out. Hell yeah, for sure. But I do think that hopefully with maturity and and, and experience, ideally, I want to wish upon everybody, honestly, because I don't want to deal with people who have not obtained maturity and wisdom. I think there's there's a lot of, uh, you know, ability to navigate different scenarios that are very, very difficult with better, with more grace, with more uh, just, again, maturity and wisdom. You like think about things before they happen mm-hmm. or you have the you have the grace for yourself, like you're saying, to be like, hey, you know what? I, I'm not the expert. So the delivery of what you're going to say changes completely because you're not speaking it with the ultimate authority. You can be really opinionated without being condescending and like telling everybody else that this is how they ought to be. Like you can say that this is what I really believe with also having room to like, you figure out what you believe. You figure out how you feel about that, right? And you figure out 
were you were you going to do about all oh, that? Oh, hundred percent. I generally like getting older. Like it feels, life feels better as I get older. Like mm-hmm. I just there's not so much chaos. So in my head, I I know what I want and I know the things that I enjoy. Right, and mm-hmm. that only happens with time and experience. So you know, like even like the idea of this, where you know, when after I did the film, um, with Justin, we there was a point where it was like, oh, you're going to be like the next big Asian American actor. Right. Mm -hmm. And I never thought to myself if I even wanted to be an actor, I just said, oh, okay. You know, these agents are knocking at my door. You know, these casting directors want to see me. Cool. I'll take these meetings just to see what it is. What's what's it about? Um, And I just never cared. (laughs) You know, I was just like, (laughs) oh, this is cool. You know, it's funny because like I remember too when I was talking to a couple of casting directors, they they remembered me really well. They, they still send me auditions, and I go, you know, I asked them, I was like, what do you what do you remember about me? I was like, you just look like you just didn't care, like in a good way. I was like, what do you mean? Like you don't have a smell of desperation on you, like you're just enjoying the process. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I enjoy the process. Like if it doesn't happen for me, it doesn't happen for me. It's like I, I, this is not something that I need to have. Being an actor is not something that I'm dying for. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, it's not that I don't care for acting. I love acting. I love movies. I love film. I do fucking half my podcast or movie reviews. But if somebody told me I, I couldn't be in a major film again, I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, like, whatever, yeah, yeah. you know, it's but just oddly. Perfect. That's how, that's how stuff happens though. That's how I, I've noticed like over the, my observations and life experience has been like the, the less you cling to anything, the more room it has to actually like prosper. Yeah. doesn't mean you have to and doesn't mean you want to and doesn't mean it's going to, but it has room to do that. You know what I mean? When you're like so mm-hmm. desperate, so thirsty, so like worried and concerned, which has been a lot of my life. When you let when you release the damn grip <laughs> mm-hmm. and you're just like, let it be what it is. Yeah. It can be, and, you know, and, and I love process. that. If you if you like if you're an actor or just anything. Right. Because I don't know as much acting as you know, really hardcore actors do. But from mm-hmm. what I've seen around my peers who are just constantly just like, oh, what am I, what am I going to book something? When's the next thing? It's like, no. you know, it's, it's going to be a hard journey. And you have to understand that you're a part of a profession where, you know, 99 percent of the people who are in this profession aren't going to make the money that you think that you're going to make. You know, yeah. do you really yeah. love this? Enjoy the fucking process. And. That's that's okay. You know, like if you don't enjoy what you're doing, then why fucking do it? If it's just if it's just so you could be on a major film, I always tell people your goalpost constantly moves. You're gonna get that role, you're gonna get that position, and you're gonna go, what next? And then you're gonna be dissatisfied with it. And then you're gonna mm-hmm. go for something else. That's just that's the beauty of life. Like everybody thinks that somebody just because you're older, you know what the fuck you're doing. You know you fucking don't. You don't know. Like you're gonna <laughs> I wanted to be a fireman. <laughs> I can't even fucking say no. And I walked into a woman's bathroom and I sat there. <laughs> I wanted to save lives. Like, yeah, do you have any idea? No, that goalpost moves all the fucking time. I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be the biggest stand-up. I wanted to do a podcast. I wanted to do open up restaurants. I wanted to do food things. It always changes. And I actually like that. I like the fact that I can choose my own destiny. And that's just, you mm-hmm. know, just the beauty of life. Nadu. I like that too. And I also say because I, I'll say that because I am a person that's been super like, I want to be an uh, an Oscar winning actress, da, 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 da. and that also changed learning how the sausage is made. Where I'm just like, uh, I'm good. Like <laughs> it's you know just understanding like what goes on behind that. I'm like the the peel of that 
changes. Again, the more you learn and the more you experience, you just realize like, oh, this thing that I put on a pedestal or I think is like the end all be all really isn't. Um, And uh, that adds to your maturity because you're just like, you know what? I just love acting. I love being on set with people. I love doing make believe. Mm -hmm. I love telling stories. And then you can find other avenues to do that, i.e. this podcast. I have hated a lot of parts of podcasting because it gets really, really frustrating and time consuming. I get really stressed out. If I don't like an episode, I'm like, shit, I have to take that off and I have to figure out how to replace it. A lot of production stuff, right? That I didn't, but the process of it, I do love. I love thinking about what things to talk about, like inviting friends of mine that I think are brilliant, entertaining, and get to record something with them that I get to keep for the rest of eternity. And like, I don't know, my my kids will probably listen to this later on. They'd be like, my mom's crazy, but they get to hear it straight from my mouth, you know? Like that part is like dope to me. So it makes it worth it. And I, if I have this and if I never get the Oscar and if I don't do the big budget film, like really it's strange because the more confident I get that like I am happy and I can achieve these things, the less that I want all those things that I thought I wanted. Yeah. So to testament to like, you're like the goalpost, yeah. like, I, if I get it, great. But like, if I don't, I'm like, I'm, I'm chill. Yeah. Like, and then there's some, some, some other people too, who just, and there's, you know, that's how I am. And there's other people who just have a singular goal in life. And mm-hmm. if that's you, then you then work your fucking ass off. Be the, Kobe, yeah. be a Kobe. Like, yeah, that's why I mean, piss or get off the fucking pot. Like if, <laughs> if you're going to have a conversation with your friends and your peers about this goal that you want, but you're doing nothing to achieve it. Don't fucking talk about it to me. Like literally don't say shit about it. When you come talk to me, we have a good time. We share a meal and we do drinks. Don't talk to me about dreams that you're doing nothing for. Like, I don't want to hear it because it, because it kills me. It like, it drains me, <laughs> you know, mm, it, it's, mm. it's unfair to your friends because we have to listen to this sad pity party story every fucking time we see you and you're doing nothing about it. So you get to take and take from your friends, but you give nothing. It's selfish, you know, I've uh, never fr- heard it framed that way. Yeah, I, 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 it, I, for me, it's inherently selfish because what you're looking for is for people to go ahead and pad your emotions 24-7 when you offer nothing to the conversation. Like every time I'm supposed to be your ear to hear this pity party just because you want to feel better about it. Like I, 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 that is inherently selfish. If you want help, then let's talk about it. Or if you just want to ear, so you want to just you know, get something off your chest, then preface your conversation with that first. But if not, mm-hmm. then you're just wasting my time, you know, that 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 requires a lot of self-awareness. So, I mean, I respect that. I agree with you. I I, I think I've really I, I relate a lot with those feelings because there have been uh, funnily and good. I'm very grateful to kind of recognize this right now that I don't think I have that many friends who do that anymore. I did in the past, mm-hmm. but that's also what happens. I think it, it does sever, it not sever or like it degrades a friendship or it degrades relationships yeah. where you're like, I don't, I don't care to be around this person anymore because like you said, it drains you. And, you the, know? and the sad part is, is that one of the things that I do want to preface this with is that I'm not saying that these people who do this are bad people. No, no, no. Yeah. Like it has nothing to do with good and bad. And everybody use, always thinks in that binary sense. It's either black and white. Somebody who does this and the person that I'm referencing to isn't a bad person. But it doesn't mean that I have to stick around for this type of behavior that drains me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's all that it is. You yeah. know, and it, that's it, your it's, preference. It's, it's my preference. And sometimes too, when like content creators too are the most sensitive motherfuckers, I call, I call them fucking ball sack thin. Like these, you guys are so ball sack thin. And I say ball sack because of just how sensitive you are. Like the, the little tap and all of a sudden you're crumbled on the floor. Like it's just so ridiculous. Like I'll, I'll say this. So 
you know, I've been seeing a lot of food content, right? And a lot of ch- mm. terrible fucking recipes. So I'll just post it on my story. Like, what the fuck is this? You know? <laughs> and so there was a guy, he was a, he's like a Vietnamese dude. And I was using him as an example because a lot of people like to shit on white people all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Rightfully so sometimes, rightfully not. So, you know, he posts this recipe for pudechige, right? Oh, okay. And it's just gochujang, and, it's just gochujang and water. And then he puts a bunch of ingredients in it and that's it. And I'm like, okay, no, that's not pudechige, right? <laughs> like, suck my dick. Like, that's not. <laughs> and so I kind of wrote the ingredients that he missed out on. And I was like, this is an example of how everybody thinks that it's a quote unquote white thing of people fucking up other people's food. It's not. It's a it's a content creator influencer thing because people are not passionate about their stuff because they have to put up so much content just to stay relevant, right? And it wasn't a good recipe at all. And all the Korean people that saw it, they're like, what the fuck is this? Why are you misrepresenting my food? Like, this is my mm-hmm. shit. Like, if you go out of your way to do that with every other culture's food, even Asian people fuck up other Asian people's food and they don't give a fuck. Like, yeah, like the stuff that you complain about that other people do do your food. It's like if I did a bowl of pho and I threw fish sauce and water, I said, this is my version of it. Would you be upset or not? You would be upset. So have that same fucking decency when you do my food's culture, like my, my culture's food. That's all I'm asking, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not a big fucking deal, but it was just an example. And this guy, um, I just looked at my DMs yesterday because I don't really go into that 99 plus DM style because it's just too much. Yeah. Um, but I there was a. uh my friend told me a brand hit me up to, to work on something. So I went to the DMs and then I saw, I was like, oh, who's, who is this guy? I was like, is it, you, you could tell like it's unsavory in the first part. I was like, who the fuck is this? And I click it. It was the guy that I did the video on and he was okay. like, you're a fucking clown. And then he wrote this one. He, I think it was an insult, but I don't think he knows how to insult people. So he wrote like, you're a, he was like, you're a product. I, and I'm like, a product of what? Like, I was like, is that an insult? I was like, oh, he's mad. I didn't know. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, you're sensitive. You, Here's the thing, content creators. If you if you have the power to critique somebody else's stuff when they put out something out in the ether, everybody can do the same shit back to you. Mm. That's fair. You don't want people to judge your shit, don't put it out. Period in the story. I don't want to hear shit about that stuff. Take it on the chin, block people, move on. You are in full control of your space. If you don't like the shit that I'm saying about your stuff, block me. Mm-hmm. 100% block me. And I'm okay with that. That's within your right because in your world, you are the dictator, right? And I'm trying to fly into your space. If you go, David, you're fucking dumb. Don't ever watch my cooking videos again. Block. And I'll be like, cool. It's not going to eat me up inside. I just know that I'll find somebody who actually knows how to cook, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And inform the masses, this is not pudichike. Yeah. You know? But I, I agree with you. And I think that's the discourse that happens way more regularly now than ever did before, which I think ironically adds to the sensitivity because it's such a regular part of life. But I also would imagine, I would hope that that sensitivity becomes more of a thick skin. Like you, you it's more callous because you're dealing with it so much. Hopefully you're not going to take it so personally and learn how to not be so fragile. And oh. I, I'll say that as like, I am, it's weird for me to call myself a content creator, even though technically I am, I'm a podcaster. You are a content creator. Yeah. Yeah, I am. And it's, it's just weird because that sense of vulnerability of like, you know, I, I did my best and like, why is everyone attacking me? I understand that side too. But at the end of the day, fair's fair. Like you're putting stuff out there. People are going to have their opinions that's, about it. That's what art is. It's supposed to be polarizing. Like People if nobody- don't think of it as art, David. <laughs> listen, if nobody, if listen, if nobody has an opinion about your shit, that means you suck. So somebody needs to have an opinion about it, whether it's good or bad. It means you're doing something. 
right? Mm. So if you don't want things to be judged, don't put it out there. And I have that's something I learned super early on, you know? Um, it's and you're online. You could choose who looks at your stuff and not. You want all the fame, but you don't want any all the other stuff that entails with it, and that's not fair. It doesn't work that way. If you want to go ahead and create your own world of society, do do it in the fucking metaverse. <laughs> you know, it's gonna be not fair there either. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You, was, dude, there's gonna be. A- <laughs> Yeah, same shit. So just deal with it, man. And it sucks because, you know, I saw this post the other day that kind of I agreed with and I disagreed with. And it's sad because it made me tear up. Um, It was a post about this father who posted about his child who committed suicide, right? Mm. And he wrote this long post and I was reading it. It made me sad. I was like tearing up. like, And then there was a part that I really disagreed about it though. He writes on his post – and a lot of people were echoing the sentiment because, you know, you're feeling for the father. And the father writes, what could I have done better? No, it's not my fault. What could I, what could he have done better? It's not any of that. It's, it's the system's fault. This is why my kid was bullied and thus he committed suicide. He was online bullied, right? Mm. And because I've been on the internet and I do this as a living, it's like not to sound incredulous or disrespectful or rude as somebody who is a guardian. And I, and I looked up what was happening with this kid. This kid was on TikTok and Instagram all fucking day. And he's like an eight-year-old. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you're not 100% responsible, but you do have to take the responsibility as a parent that you gave him the tools in which is something that has a lot of power and you just let him run rampant with it. He was mm-hmm. posting, he wanted to be a TikTok creator and people didn't like his stuff and he got bullied for it. And it's like- At eight years old. Yeah. And I'm saying like parents, like you have to talk to your kids about this space. It's not this like free, fun little area where kids get to have fun and dance all the time. It's dangerous. Mm -hmm. This shit is fucking dangerous. Mm -hmm. Have conversations with your kids about the stuff that you do when you put out content. People are going to judge you and you have the ability to block them out. And that is something for him, probably as a parent that he he maybe didn't do as well, right? Mm -hmm. Not I'm not blaming him, right? But it's an example of how parents don't understand what this space is like. They right. don't. They don't. They don't fully grasp it. So when you say it's the system's fault, what what is the system? What is this arbitrary phrase that you're saying that it's the system's fault? You think you're going to stop bullying? You're never going to stop bullying. It's it's, out, it's it's inherently built in this. I don't even know. I bully myself. I don't know why. Mm. Like we we can't stop it. We can do our best. I don't think you should ever stop campaigning to stop bullying. I think you should educate your kids not to. But it's going to happen, and you see it on the internet all the time. So you're like, I know that you've always, you, you've mentioned that in your podcast about tools and resources, which I, I agree with because it's kind of like, you can't cushion everything. You can't stop all the outside elements, right? You can't, you, there's no way that you can for yourself or for anybody stop what's going to happen per se, but you can equip yourself to deal with it. That's the, that's the main thing. I think of like parents, educators, mm-hmm. even friends, right? Is not to, and that's what I, I, I hear in what you say and like, what I glean out of what you're saying about your your directness, even with your friends, that like they they feel criticized or they hear things that they don't want to hear, but these are these are truths or realities in your eyes, or like a lot of people can see that as you're not you're not going to be better for not knowing this. You know what I mean? There's there's utility in knowing how to deal with it or like what you're what you are dealing with. Yeah, it's like just, the danger of the freak of TikTok of the internet. Yeah, you know, I, at eight I, years old. I didn't realize how dangerous fucking the internet was until I started talking to my friends with kids and they were telling mm. me that the popularity based in their school is based on how many followers you have now. It's not the jock. Oh yeah. It's not the jock. It's not even what you look like anymore. It's how famous are you? 
And mm-hmm. I just did a show out in Pittsburgh and I told them one of the most annoying and the most alarming things that I have to deal with every time is that when somebody asks me, like, how, how do they become successful in this space? The advice isn't, how do I create as a living? It's how do I become famous? Mm-hmm. You know how to yeah. become famous. Go outside, throw a pie in an 80-year-old woman's face, have her slip and crack her back and then laugh at it. And then boom, millions of views. Fame is not your issue. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows how to be famous. It's just mm-hmm. like you're asking the wrong fucking questions. And that type of stuff never fucking lasts. How many creators have we seen that did that type of formula? Where they are? Where are they now? They're depressed. And I'm not just saying this just to say it. They're open about it on YouTube. They're depressed. They disappear for months. They can't take the pressure because the value of themselves was never based on the content they wanted to create. It was based on that thumbs up and that like. And when that starts to disappear, your value starts to disappear. You start to question how important you are. Am I going to make a living? Do people even like me? Am I worth anything? It's like, bro, you invested into the wrong thing. You invested into something that disappears. Like, what were you thinking? It's like investing. It's like investing into your age. You're going to get old. You're yeah. not going to be around forever. And it's just a sad thing about young creators. Well, I think it's there's no more powerful words for it to come directly from the horse's mouth. You're you're part of a very maybe the first wave of influencers, right? And I think there's a lot of like hard lessons learned there. So I'm glad that you're sharing those things because. You, we can romanticize all this shit all we want, and a lot of people do, and they only see the the happy side of it, that you know, the free swag or you know, brand deals and going to cool places and stuff. But that that is not the that is a very surface level approach to it. So I'm mm-hmm. glad in this conversation about parenting, I do feel like you know we're talking. I, I do want to talk about our parents after we take this really quick break, but I do really appreciate that that there's this deeper dive that we can take on on self awareness and like kind of. Knowing what arena we're playing in, that's super, super important. And I feel like you are parenting a lot of people right now, David, including me. And I'm your, I'm your elder. I'm the <laughs> elder. But like, those are, those are good reminders. There, it's always good to, even if we know it, there's so much stuff that we already know. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like we we know, you know, you're supposed to like be healthy and you're supposed to do this and this and that. I don't think we're, we're, but we, it, it helps to get reminded, especially from somebody who's really lived it. You know what I mean? So, sure. Thank you. So, come to me, though. Okay, we're going to take a really, really quick break. Come back because I, I do want to talk to you about the parenting stuff, but BRB. But I'm wasting my breath. You only listen to your Hi, I'm Marvin. And I'm Rira. And we're the hosts of Books and Boba, a book club and podcast dedicated to books by Asian and Asian American authors. Each month, we pick a book by an Asian author to read and discuss on the show. We read a variety of genres, including contemporary and historical fiction, sci-fi and fantasy, romance and cozy mysteries, and so much more. Our past book club picks have included Pachinko by Minjin Lee, Patron Saints of Nothing by Randy Ribeye, Grace of Kings by Ken Liu, and The Kiss Quotient by Helen Huang. Every month, we also go through the latest news in Asian American literature, as well as chat with some awesome Asian authors about their works. So whether you want to start reading for fun again or diversify your TBR list, we got your Asian literature cravings covered. For more info, check out our website at booksandboba.com, and you can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts part of the Potluck Podcast Collective. Hey, first of all, fam, if you're a fan of the show and would like to support, consider backing us on Patreon. 
You can join our Discord community and get different perks by going to patreon.com slash firstofallpodcast. If you'd like to support in other ways, you can go check out firstofallpod.com or subscribe and leave a five-star rating on your favorite platform or just follow me on Instagram because I love hearing from you. Thank you all so much for the support and enjoy the show. rejuvenated and back here uh, <laughs> how are you feeling david i like that you give your audience a break i never do that i'm like you know what <laughs> you fucking drop everything that you're doing right now and you listen to this whole goddamn podcast listen to me <laughs> pay attention to me yeah yeah no it's more for uh sponsor ads <laughs> oh perfect i'm just keeping it real um no before i would just go for like hour two hours and just keep going that's so pl- I, I don't even do that it, literally i'm in mid-sentence and a sponsor pops up it's like, dude. I know you do do that. It's so discombobulating. I was like, what? What? we're talking about. What are we talking about right now? CBD? What? Oh, I love that shit. It's like, dude. Let me tell you what happened. This podcast is brought to you by. <laughs> I, I think that's. I think that's actually really smart because you can't. Like, that's great. They're really listening. They're that shit, there. That shit makes me laugh so much because I, I keep them on their toes. Can't get too predictable, David. Then they're gonna know. Oh, it's about half an hour in. There's gonna be a break. Yeah. You're like, you don't know. <laughs> You don't know. It's the best. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so there's this one, the uh, the podcast. Okay, if everyone needs to go, obviously, listen to Genius Brain podcast. It's great. Um, you, you cover a lot of uh, ground in every episode. And then I love it because you were telling me before we started recording that, like, you forget most of the things you say, which uh, guilty as well. Yeah. I can forget a lot, which is why it's fun. Do you listen to your to your, to your stuff, like your older episodes? I, I will or sometimes. Not not often, just because like you know, I'm just I'm, I'm just talking and doing things. And the only time I'll probably listen again is like if I remember a really funny moment that was in the podcast. I just want to listen to it again. And it makes me laugh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How'd that go? Yeah. How did that land? Um, but the one of the, the episodes I really really enjoyed was the one where you talked about uh, Asian parent Asian parents need to take more responsibility, and kids need to, and Asian kid Asian American kids need to grow up. Mm-hmm. There's a lot there. But in general, like the way that you talk about your parents and the, me being your friend over these years, like hearing more about your parents and learning that you're a PK and also learning that your mom is a savage, all these things. Mm-hmm. I definitely just I, – I thought you'd be so great to – I wanted to catch up with you, first of all, and um, get your thoughts on all of that because I feel like there's so much awareness that we have in our 30s that we are – at the point where we're the adults now, right? We are like actually the adults of the, which is terrifying. I was yeah. like, oh dear God, we're in charge. Yeah. Um, but in that, you're recon- you were at this inflection point where we're recognizing all the things that influenced us as children and young adults to get to where we are, how we are or are not like our parents. And then also this weird point where we're having to become their caretakers too mm-hmm. and be like, again, we're the grown up here. And I think it's like the beauty and sadness of life is that our parents, you know, it's really breaking my heart and kind of wrecking me lately. Mm. Watching my parents age and like become more and more helpless. I don't think my parents are helpless, but like needing my help. Yeah. You know? Um, so there's just a lot of the stuff there. So I immediately thought of you. I was like, I want to talk to David about this. <laughs> oh, that's like the hardest thing to deal with. It's um, and I've it's the idea of like when you when you're young your parents are a immovable object in your life. Mm-hmm. Mommy and daddy are always going to be here. 
when you get older and then especially when you move away and you come back and you see the extra wrinkles, you see the, mm. the, the, the age in their face, the way that they move. And one of the, one of the things that kind of hit me too was when, you know, we have these conversations with them and sometimes they can't keep up with the shit that you're saying. Like, yeah. and I'm like, why am I arguing with these people? I was like, they, they're older. They don't care. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, because they've aged now. And I, to me, it just, it blows my fucking mind where I'm like, oh, the, the roles are starting to reverse a little bit. Yeah. And that is the hardest thing about it, especially when you are close to your parents and you value like family time. And then you start going to this part of regret because then you think about all the time you wasted without mm-hmm. them. And th- these are times that you'll never get back. I've, I've had to deal with that a lot. And especially because of like the tumultuous relationship I had with my father, like we mm-hmm. had to do a lot of mending to get to the point that we're at right now. And we wasted yeah. a lot of time fighting, you know, over these like differences that it was just two people who just couldn't be empathetic towards each other's stories. I didn't want to understand where my dad was coming from and my dad couldn't understand where I was coming from. And so it was like we were speaking two different languages and, you know, as, as, you know, I'm Asian American and he is, you know, straight up Korean, there's, we're going to bump heads about a lot of things, yeah. you know? And I think like a lot of the times these kids mess up because they always scream at their parents. Like they don't understand me. They don't understand me. But I'm like, do you even understand your parents? Like right. there is no empathy. Like you have no empathy. You want everybody to hear your story, but you won't hear theirs. And the funny thing is, is when people look at that, it's like, you know, I'm pretty sure that you probably do it for your friends, but you can't even do it for the parent, people who raised you. For sure. That's sad. And there's so many points that I've like, I've had so much guilt that I've been trying to work through because I think the last 10 years or so, I've really like, it started about 10 years ago. And that makes me sad too. I'm like, damn it, Minji, you should have started early. Why we're so late to the game. But for real, like I didn't truly look at my parents as like individuals. Like you said, they're, they're my parents. That, that is their identity in my life, right? Yeah. They are, they're the people that, that take care of me. They know X, Y, Z. And maybe in certain ways they know more than me, but I, in a sense, like essentially I was like, I know more than them, but, and I would use that kind of like weaponized against them. But really in the last 10 years, I'd say, especially even the last five years, I've really tried to get to know them as like people because they are people before they were my parents, you know what I mean? And like, and they had aspirations and stuff. And my dad's, you know, given me a bit of hell, which I, I love this story. I've shared it on my podcast already, but I'll share it with you. Like, I, I sat down with him and I wanted, we we're having a rough moment and I was trying to be the grown up in it. And I was trying to kind of coddle my dad and be like, Appa, like I really like he was upset. I was upset, but I was trying to be the big person. So I was trying to like lay it on thick, mm-hmm. that kindness that you're talking about. And I was like, Appa, you know, I really appreciate everything that you've done for our family and, all, and like, how much you sacrificed for us. And like, you know, all you did like come over from Korea and do all this for us. I framed it like that. I don't remember the exact words. Yeah. And he's just like, we're eating pho. Too. I remember eating pho because he just like drops his chopsticks or something. He like stops eating and looks at me. He's like, you're so full of shit. Yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah. Like, I thought I had been like this noble daughter. Yeah. And he's like, you're so stupid. And I was like, what? And he, what did I say wrong? Yeah. I'm praising you. And he's like, I didn't come here for you, dumbass. Like, he's like, I came here for me. Yeah. Like, he's like, you weren't born yet. You didn't exist yet. I had no thought of you. Like, yeah, I, I was a young man. Like, what was I going to do in Korea? Like, pick my butt. Like, I need to go to America where things <laughs> are happening. And like, you know, he's like, I didn't sacrifice anything. If I was sacrificing something, that means something was there to like give up. There's nothing in Korea for me. I came here for me. I was like, oh, damn. And that was like a That's huge moment. Why I always, huh? So, yeah, he- 
Torai. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, and then, so that moment, I referred to it so much because that was a really big awakening That's for me. That's hella funny, dude. That is such a fucking funny, funny moment. That is I was just hilarious. like, oh, he was a young man. That's what I'm saying. Like, man. the people that don't get it, too, like, they had a life before us, you know? Yeah. And yeah. we, we talk and during and after. <laughs> exactly. It's like, dude, that's so fucking funny. It's like you sacrifice so much. Man, shut the fuck up. <laughs> the hell? I didn't have you yet. Motherfucker, I was out here trying to get pussy. And I was like, <laughs> Okay, I don't want to know that. Like, no, but, but seriously, like, because I think of how how ambitious I am as a person, how much I've been, like, you know, building my dreams and having all these these big ideas, right? Since I was really young, and then that was like such an awakening moment to be like, my dad's, ex- I'm cut from his cloth, you know, and he's the exa- exact same way. But I never looked at, I never cared to look at him that way. Yeah, and so yeah, it yeah. gave me a really big, like, smack in the face emotionally of like, I need it. I, I didn't think it consciously then, but I realized over that moment onward, like I need to be more empathetic to my dad. Cause I think yeah. I've been really kind of like selling him short by only looking at him this way. Mm-hmm. But then weirdly, like in a way it like liberated the relationship. Cause I was no longer just like pigeonholing him as my dad, Yeah, but it also made me then like criticize him and judge him differently as like a man. Yeah. <laughs> instead of my father. Yeah. 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 100%. So, you know, double-edged sword. Yeah. Like I, I, there's a lot of stuff that I'm not going to like about my dad too, you know, yeah, and the way yeah. that he does things. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's like they're human and I have mm-hmm. to see that. And I just, I just, it's because I see it so much in like tweets and converse, even in the conversation with them face to face. It's like, cool. Like I did this one thing where, I mean, I probably wouldn't do it again because it was embarrassing for the kid. But he was talking about like, oh, people don't have empathy, blah, 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 blah. And like, I wish that, you know, we could just really get along and, you know, people need to be held accountable for all the stuff that they say. And I was like, oh, all the stuff that they say, including their past. And he's like, it doesn't matter. I was like, cool. And this was at a show. I was like, open up your Twitter right now. Mm -hmm. I was like, open up your Twitter and I'm going to go all the way back. You down? And I'm going to read them out loud right now. And he got dead quiet. I was like, why are you so quiet? (laughs) <laughs> and everyone's was like, oh, I was like, would you hate it for me to judge you for the stuff that you said in the past that probably you got better from only because that you put it up online? Like you're, there's a whole spectrum to who you are as a person aside from just this one facet of yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. And he got super fucking embarrassed, you know? And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, right, cause you probably said some really stupid fucking shit. And, and this led from a conversation um, about like, you know, learning how, who your parents are. Right. And understanding that they're bigger than just one thing. I was like, that's that's how your parents are, too. Like you always ask your parents to understand you, but you never understand them. And I and I will never I never get that. And it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of the fault of like a lot of, um, I think, Asian influencers. They don't ever talk about this part. They just mm-hmm. talk about how annoying their parents are. They want me to be a doctor and a lawyer. Well, why the fuck do you think that's the reason why? <laughs> Like, exactly. there's a fucking reason you jackass is because it's mm-hmm. about stability. It's about it's not even just I mean, yeah, there's the whole like, oh, make the family proud, and a lot of Asian pressure or whatever. But the core of that, too, is like there's stability in those type of jobs. I understand why my dad didn't want me to be a stand up comic. It's mm-hmm. a very, yeah, yep. you know, it's like, the, I get it. I, I get it. You know, like, <laughs> I, I don't I disagree with you. know, I'm still going to do it. But I understand. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it made me less angry at him, you know, 
That's good. See, that's maturity. I it took me a long time too, but it's funny. Like at what point? Because I wanted to be an actor and wanted to do the whole Hollywood thing. And to me, it wasn't even just acting. I wanted to like make movies, right? Whether I'm like in front of the camera or not. And it took me to actually listen to what my parents in general were saying. Because again, it was like I was abiding by this projection of like Asian parents don't understand or parents in general don't understand. Mm-hmm. But if I listened to what they were saying, like as a grown ass woman now, I'm like, I 100% agree. <laughs> like, I, know. I, that I agree with them. I understand. That shit sucks. And I so support. Bad. Yeah. I hate that shit. It's like sometimes I'll be doing something and I'm saying like some why shit. And they're like, damn, where'd you get that? I'm like, nobody. It was from my dad. I'm like, nah, I got that. I made that up myself. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, Fuck. It was bestowed upon me from the heavens and from my own intellect. Yeah, I was like, oh, this alone. motherfucker was right. And he, he's that saying that he said to me, he goes, you just wait till you're older. I'm like, ain't nothing going to change, motherfucker. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, God damn it, this guy's right. Like, it's, yeah. 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 And when I unpack that too, my dad, like, the funny thing is a lot of the pressure that I had pinned on my dad, because my dad's like the main, my mom was always like the really supportive one. But even then, yeah. she's also been, I'm actually more awakening now to the follies and flaws of my mom who I kind of held blameless in a lot of ways in my life mm-hmm. um, still love her. And I'm not again, blaming her, but recognizing the dynamics in which a lot of shit went down throughout my childhood and my young adult life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I've always held my dad as like this villain, but the older I get, I'm just like, he was so on point with all of that. Delivery could have been better. Mm-hmm. Didn't have to like smack me in the face. Cause I said I hated math, you yeah. know, like, could have explained a little bit more gently but like in essence like when he's saying these things and the things that he cared to explain and the pressure that i kind of like i don't know where i got it from but i kind of mishmashed what movies were saying friends were saying whatever and then i like put it all on my dad i said like oh my dad's like this he's an asshole but when i peel back the layers and i remember what he actually said and when we we talk we have a a much better relationship now i'm like you didn't actually say that you actually told me like yeah, you're like you. You're, you said to me like, I want my children to be different. You never said like you have to do blah 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 to please me. People be talking in your ear, man. Let me tell you something, man. I, I remember too. My TV fucked me up bad because I remember okay. <laughs> when I was a kid, I looked at my dad and uh, yeah, he was whooping our ass and some shit. And then I, I looked at him and I was like, I saw this commercial for like uh, child abuse. And there was this, mm. I remember this commercial and maybe people remember this, but it was like this guy coming in. It was like this drunk, drunk old man. He was like, what the fuck are you doing? Not the what the fuck, but he raised his hand and this kid goes, no. And he and then freeze frames and there's like a little hotline number saying, child abuse, you don't have to take it. And I was like, man, I don't have to take this shit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and so I remember my dad. I have my rights. <laughs> yeah. And then my dad came in and then he was about to beat my ass for something that I clearly did wrong. And he goes, <laughs> he goes <laughs> I look at him and I go that's child abuse and I remember I stood the fuck up with my chest all puffed out I was like that's child abuse I don't have to take it and my dad <laughs> stops and he goes oh and he leaves the room and I'm like yeah, that's what I thought motherfucker I'm like that shit fucking works that fool left the room to grab a pipe <laughs> oh my God. so it wasn't that I won he chose a different weapon yeah yeah it it altered the course in a different way he swung that pipe at me i ducked and he smashed this like plastic shelf behind me oh my god and then he looks at me and he goes that's a child abuse i was like wow and then i remember i sat there i started crying i don't think he was trying to hit me he was just scaring me and then my mom comes in she goes you're dumb (laughs) that's all she said you to you for saying that for me she goes you're dumb 
It's like, oh shit, this is real, <laughs> you know? But I mean, okay, the things that I saw, and this is also, I, you have siblings, right? I have older brother, yeah. Older brother, yeah. I have an older brother that he got a whole different set of parents. You know what I mean? Like we had the same but different parents. And then we have a, a younger one who grew up completely different parents. But those there, there's things that get mixed up, especially, and I will say that, and I'm not trying to make light of that. There are like truly traumatic moments. To me, that sounds pretty traumatic. Like being that scared in your home with like people that are supposed to, you know, your guardians are supposed to love and care for you. I'm very like tough cookie kind of, you know, my dad's military. I grew up like that. So I have that mm. in me of like, stop crying. Mm. But the the mother bear in me, I'm a cancer. I'm a, I'm a soft-hearted person. Like, if I think of that to me when I envision young David having that, like, I want to hold you. I'm going to be like, I, uh, you know, like, I want to protect you. So, like, it's it's not – we laugh because it's like we laugh to not cry. <laughs> and it's also like we survived it. So there's there's humor in that. But, like, that that stuff that's so – like honestly traumatic there there's things to actually heal like you were saying like you had to heal stuff between because oh, there was sure. a lot of things that transpired to get you to a place where you were not entirely trusting or respectful or like listening to it's not just that we're like ignorant or like bratty little shits who just you know out the womb wanted to to rebel against the world there's a lot of stuff that happened in the interim, like in our growing up with our immigrant parents who, you know, in the time and age that we grew up with the lack or with the technology that we had, right? Uh, in the church structure and the, the culture that they were immersed in, that we were immersed in. There's a lot of reasons why all that shit happened the way that it did. Yeah. And also, too, like something important to note, you know, is that my parents only dealt with the way the things that they were taught and they were a right. better version of their parents. Right. So my grandpa, if I was the kid, probably would have swung and hit me. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Right, exactly. That would have landed. <laughs> yeah, that would have landed. landed. It wouldn't somewhere. have been like a, a threat or whatever, you know? So he's only a better version of who his dad was and I'm going to be a better version of him. So, you mm -hmm. know, it gets better and better with gender if it's done correctly. Because it's not like my dad did that and then the next day he looked at me and was like, what's up, punk bitch? Like he never did that, you know? Mm -hmm. He took me to the side and he talked to me and he was like, you know, you got to do better. Like, you know, how you're behaving and the things that you're doing aren't okay. And then he would pat me in the butt and then make me breakfast. <laughs> you know? So like, there's that side too. You know, it wasn't like I grew up in this household where my dad looked at me and he was like, what's up? You know, he would yeah, walk yeah. up and just beat my ass for no fucking reason. I wasn't also right. the best kid. There's a little bit of, you know, I don't think he dealt with it correctly. You know what I mean? Yeah. But also, yeah. too, I was a special head case too. Like I wasn't, you know, I'm, I'm a little different. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> If we haven't established anything at this point yeah. in this conversation. And that's great. Honestly, I love how different you are. How how do you feel like now that you have that awareness and that this this healing, which I'm really happy to hear that because I I've been surrounded by many examples, especially between fathers and sons, right? There's a lot of irreparable damaged relationships a lot of times, which I the optimist in me and like the hopeful, you know, again, mama bear in me, like, I don't believe all hope is lost, even if it's on your deathbed, or even if it's somebody's past, I feel like there's still room for healing. I don't ever want to frame it like it can never be fixed. Mm -hmm. But I know that feeling thousand percent. I've experienced that feeling and that belief like a gazillion times in my life. Like this is I cannot with this person, fuck them, remove them from surgically remove them from my life. We're done. I have nothing else mm. to give, say, do, whatever. I know that feeling very, very well. So, but I think objectively, the fact that you have taken steps to like repair and be in a good place 
I mean, I just really commend you. And I love to share that because I think we need more and more real examples of people have been through the ringer and have come out the other side still intact and still have managed to heal. Because that mm. to a lot of people, wherever they're at in their life can feel so impossible. Well, that's you know because what I mean? it's just like, also people too, they misconstrue the op- the concept and the tool of what empathy and forgiveness does. Like it's not for them. It's for you. Mm. It is not for the other person. It's not to make them feel good about their choices. You forgive and you empathize with others because it helps heal you. That is the tool. It's not for them. When you forgive somebody, you take control of the narrative. You go, that's what they did. I'm going to forgive them for that. It doesn't mean that you're going to trust them again. It's just you're going to move on with your life because you've accepted all the things that have happened and you're going to do something else the next time. When you do empathy, you create, you you understand their story so you understand why these things happen. If not, then everything is chaos. Mm-hmm. Personal responsibility is something that everybody hates. Years ago, now, in the future, people always avoid personal responsibility. Personal responsibility doesn't mean that it's your fault. It doesn't mean that at all. It's just now you just have to contextualize and understand why these things have happened so you can move on. I forgive those who have done terrible things to me, not because I want them to feel good about their choices, because I need to move on. Mm. That's it. True. You know? True. True. In certain relationships, though, the forgiveness can be for the other person. It can in- also include them, and it can. Oh yeah, it can, but not, that's not my objective. It's like if Got you it. feel good about it, cool. I'm glad you do, but that's not my goal. I'm doing it yeah. for me because it's like that same. It's that concept, right? It's like what's that that Buddha saying? You know, you drink poison. You, you drink poison expecting somebody else to die. Like, yeah, yeah. Hating somebody else is like, yeah. yeah. Like holding a grudge and hating someone's like you drinking poison and wanting them to suffer. Yeah, that sounds way better than the shit that I said. But that's that's what I <laughs> I still think I'm butchering it, but you know, we got we we I think we got the message. But yeah. I agree. That took me a long time to not I understood that philosophically I understood that when I first heard it, it was probably when I was even like a teenager. I got it. Mm. But I didn't live it. Like those are those are very different things. Oh yeah, me. Oh, really you like, know hey, yeah. me. I'm I'm. You know what I'm saying I'm I was spiteful, motherfucker, dude. I'm like, oh, you just wait till I see you in the alleyway. Those kneecaps, they're gonna go. You know. But I, I I've learned to deal with it differently now. It's like oh, they're they're like I had something that happened recently with somebody where this person was wreaking havoc and trying to just tear everybody in our group down simply just mm. because they hurt. You know, mm, and I had mm-hmm. to like, instead of, you know, ruining this person's life, I, I went, okay, well, why do I need to go ahead and make this person more miserable than they actually are? They have no friends. Yeah, they're doing it. They're doing it for themselves. Like they're successful. They have absolutely no friends and the friends that are around them now, they talk shit about her. And it's like, I know these things. And, you know, and she wanted to go on this tyrant and destroy everybody in the group. It's like, you do what you want. The fire is going to go out either way because you have no basis for your claims. So just do what you do. And look what happened. The person disappeared. They're gone out of my life. And I forgave them once again, not because I wish great upon them. I just needed to move on. I'm like, all right, girl, you fucking nuts. Like, do whatever you do. And then, you know, and, you know, every now and then somebody will tell me like, oh, this person's kind of miserable. I'm like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah, don't, it is what Personal it is. Personal responsibility. Yeah, it is what it is. There's a part of me, though, that gets really, I mean, I really am not trying to position myself as like, I'm such a wonderful person. But I do think that there's a part of me that like. I feel like I had that since I was a really little kid. If somebody else is suffering, it 
it would fuck me up. To, again, that's not like a great thing all the time because sometimes it would be like debilitating. Like I get so wrapped up in other people's feelings and if they're hurting mm. that the whole oxygen mask on first thing, right? You you have to put on your oxygen. If you're depleting yourself, trying to fix, quote unquote, fix, which you can't do, um, but like help or serve or fix other people all the mm-hmm. time. It, it can be, that's also a trauma. It can be a trauma response, right? It's this survival defense mode that you're trying to fix everything around you to maintain safety. Yeah. You're trying to keep everything good so that you can feel okay. I think that's part of me. This like me, you know, unpacking this in my thirties, but there's part of me that I genuinely think I have a part of my heart that is really kind when it's not being spiteful and bratty. Um, <laughs> I can be really kind and really care. Like if you're suffering, I don't, that hurts my heart as much as it's hurting you. So I want to help stop that and alleviate it. And the other part is like, in order to keep my environment safe and manageable, I need you to be okay. Cause if you're falling apart, like, I don't know how I can deal with that. You know what I mean? So mm. there, there's a lot to, again, the human psyche and the way that we deal with things, but I mean, like your original thought is empathy and forgiveness does truly go a long way. And I hope that to me, I do hope that it, it is to relieve somebody of their hatred so that they're not continuously drinking that poison. And also because I want, I don't know if it's my Libra rising or whatever, but I care about harmonious relationships. I don't like when there's chaos. I don't like when there's friction. Because to me, there's when I step back, I'm like, this doesn't need to be so damn dramatic and hard. You know what I mean? Like we can... The whole concept of like, can't we all just get along? Mm. I don't even like, like that. Why though. not? Like, why do we have to fight? I don't even care if people get along or not. <laughs> I know you don't care. I don't give a fuck. You don't. You don't, yeah. you don't have to get just along. Just get the fuck out of my way. You know, that's all yeah. that it is. That's why, like, I, that's fair. I just don't care. It's like, it's just not. I don't care in trying to fix things that aren't possible. Like, mm. not everybody's going to get along, but it doesn't mean that I hate you. You know? Yeah. I don't have to like you but I can enjoy who you are. I don't have to do any of that shit. I don't have to feel anything about you. I have no obligation. <laughs> like, God damn it. It's like, it's like when I did the review on the Shang-Chi movie, right? Everybody was like, God, why do you hate Simu Lu? I was talking about the movie. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I, was, I said Shang-Chi. I didn't say Simu Lu. I said Shang-Chi. I'm like, what mm-hmm. the fuck is going on in this world? You know? And it's like yeah. th- everything is so personal now. It's like this is a movie review. I do. I mov- feel like it always has been, but yeah, I agree. Well, it's on a wider scale, but it's bigger just, audience. Like, you, you're such a ballsacks, man. Like, chill the <laughs> fuck out. It's just a movie review, right? But then you know, like I said, people just take things so. Per- Even he DM me. He goes, "Hey, man, you know everything's cool with us." And I'm like, "Simu, shut the fuck up. Like, what are you talking about? I don't hate you." I talked about the movie, you know, it's like, this is pure nonsense. It's like, God, man, I, I just don't care to pad people's feelings anymore. Like I, I can, I just, well, I just do the best to be the nicest person that I could be. And if that's not good enough, then I can't help you. I understand. Yeah. I, and I, and I respect that. Just, I, I get, I think from the artist side, it's like, well, if they put their blood, sweat and tears to put, uh, you know, a piece of art together, if I made a film and somebody ripped it apart, I would love to be above like taking it personally, but there's part of me that would be butthurt. But I wouldn't like, if I also know you, and this is again, care going the opposite direction. If I know David is the type of person to be ultra objective and he's not like directing it towards any one person, like I'm, I'm going to make movies, David. So I'm, this is me just preemptively asking you like, please be kind. Um, 
Because no, of them no, I'm suck. kidding. That's not it. But like the, the know, reason yeah. why it's like I can openly say something about a Marvel film because I already knew it was going to make millions of dollars and it was going to do great. If mm-hmm. I knew that my oh yeah, my podcast was going to destroy Shang Chi. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I'm, I'm 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 socially conscious. You know, like I'm not. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, like, Minji, you have a small indie film. It's your first project. You think I'm going to do a full podcast about how trash it is, even if it was? Absolutely not, because my my words would directly affect your project. It wouldn't mm-hmm. do that to a movie like Shang-Chi. That's why I didn't do a fucking movie review about that terrible movie, Crazy Rich Asians. I didn't do one. I hated that film. I hated it. It was the worst. I fucking hated it. Did I do a review on it? No, I didn't, because I felt mm-hmm. that at that time it was so fresh and new that there was no point, you know, but after two years or so, I was like, yeah, I didn't like the film, (laughs) you know? Yeah. But it wasn't going to happen for a movie like that. So like, yeah, I'm still socially conscious, but at the, at the end of the day, like I also don't enjoy when we have to pat our feelings about stuff in our community, about stuff that maybe sometimes isn't that great. You know? Yeah. The cream has to rise to the top eventually. Like there are. No, I think that there's, there's room for, for, Criticism in general. I don't know. Like, and a lot of people liked it. So that's their, you yeah. know. That's their cup of tea. Yeah. Like, I, I like, see, I, I'll say my personal connection is I, I helped promote the movie and I like worked directly with Warner Brothers on that. And I personally really liked it. And I knew John Chu and half the cast. But if somebody says they hated it, I don't take that personally. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, like, I'm way, I mean, I'm way degrees less. I'm not directly connected with the film. I didn't make it. I helped promote it. But like, I have invested whatever personal connections to it because I know the people who did make it. However, still art is like, again, for people to things in general, life in general is for like that person to interpret what they will. It does not mean that I did a bad job. It doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that the creators did a bad job per se. Like it just wasn't that person's cup of tea. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And I, I picked it apart and then I also gave it compliments, but nobody paid attention to that. You know, mm-hmm. nobody paid attention to the fact that I said, said some of the best action in Marvel I've seen in a very long time. Like, oh, it, I agree. it did amazing, like, compliments to, like, the whole Wuxia and Wushu, like, type of martial arts. Nobody mentioned that shit. They just mentioned the other 80 minutes where I trashed it. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> All hour and a half yeah. where I ripped it a new one. Yeah. Well, bringing it back to the, 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 the uh, earlier topic, when so when you are... Now, in this grown-ass man, you have the maturity, the wisdom, the, the life experience, the healed relationships, more forgiveness and empathy. Bring it back to the parent thing. Because I'm curious when, now that you're going into the stage, and I was like, when you were talking, sorry, when we got back after the break and you're talking about, like, talking about parents aging, I started tearing up. Mm. It is such a sensitive-ass topic for me. Yeah. Which I want to give it proper credit because, like, talking about it makes me choke up. Because I'm getting more and more terrified now of like what I'm going to do with my life and what my parents will be available to like see and also like preparing for all the stuff that's like coming ahead so that when I make my version of Shang-Chi that it's like something that is applauded and that's good. And it's weird because I have zero pressure in that aspect to like succeed, quote unquote. My parents are like, we're we're good. And uh, I mean, my mom has grandchildren. She like I can feel her eyes on me all the way from Atlanta right now. <laughs> but like, otherwise, like my parents, like we're really good. They, they approve and support my career. You know, we, we talk all the time. There's very little friction now, mm-hmm. but now I feel this different type of pressure for me to like achieve or like not perform, but like get stuff done before time runs out. Um, 
I'm curious if you feel that way with like your career and like how you're figuring that that out. Because now that you've had this new chapter, healed better relationship with your dad, you're feeling all these things every time you revisit them, see them, see that the white hair. Oh my God, I'm going to cry again. But like when you see them like getting older, how how the hell are you dealing with that, David? Like help me because I... I mean, I have my thoughts, so I'm curious what you what you think I, as you're like well, going through all this. I just don't hold on to the things that I can't change. No matter mm. no matter how much I can wish that they're not going to get older, no matter how much I yeah. wish that they're not going to die, they're going to die. I experienced this already once with my grandmother because I was very close to her. And mm. it wrecked me for a long time because I wanted her to see everything that I did and she never got to. So, mm-hmm. but I'm holding on to an emotion that it doesn't change. Like my life can't stop here. There was this, there's a, a an interesting thing that my mom brought up to me because I even told her one day that I, I probably might not even want kids. And then mm. she said to me, she goes, I think that's a mistake. And I'm like, why? It's because you see me get older and I'm passing away. At a certain point, my joy in life is to watch you succeed and I'm happy. You were the reason why I should continue to live. Well, you're going to reach a point too as an adult where your career goals are are met. You've seen the world. You've done so many things. And now you want to pass this on to somebody. Like it's just a human thing that happens. Like it's 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 weird. It's, it's like it's hard for you to understand now, but it's hard to have a kid. But when you see them grow, it's a, it's a very important part of your life as like a human being. And you're going to miss out on something that you might feel like you want later on, whether it's like you adopt somebody or something, adopt a child or whatever, you have your own kid. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why I just, I, it's, that's all a part of life. Death is just yeah. something that you're going to have to accept. And the more that you dwell on the feelings of feeling sad about not being able to do things, you're not going to focus on spending the time with them that you need to do it now. You never get sure. like time is something that I always tell kids you never, ever fucking get back. And people just don't, I don't know why. No, I do know why. It's because it's not present in our face. You never get yeah. time back ever. Those moments that those, I wish I would have said something. I wish I could have done that. That's stuff that you never get back. And I just don't like living with regrets. So I deal with yeah. them getting old and passing away because I know it's something that I cannot change. I'm not saying it's not going to wreck me. I'm not saying it's not going to kill me inside. And even when I talk about it, it makes me sad. But I just know that I can only do the best that I can to be a, a good son to them. And mm-hmm. my mom saying that she already told me she goes i've achieved what i wanted to achieve you have your own career your brother has his own career you guys aren't struggling you guys have a roof over your head i'm pretty happy like i did what i had to do my my job is done so Mm. i'm they're good now i'm i'm happy that they're good so i'm not going to hold on to this idea that i'm trying to keep them around forever because me wanting to keep them around on this earth forever is is something selfish right for sure it's 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 what i want for myself um, but I don't necessarily know if that's what they want. And also too, we wouldn't appreciate the relationship we have with a lot of things in life if they were around forever. We appreciate so life true. because it goes away, because it's right. it's finite. If we have everything here, we take it for granted. If they weren't going to pass away, would you even be having these thoughts of like, oh, I wish I could spend more time with them? No, you wouldn't. Because they're all- Because they're around forever. Exactly. So- I I understand that. So I'm just going to prepare myself for the time that they pass away, but I'm not really thinking about it because when I do that, I don't get to enjoy the moment I have with them now. It eats me up too for much. For sure. It's a waste of our time. 
I, I keep awareness of it because I'm just like uh, accepting it for me has been a really key thing that like, yeah, one day they're not going to be here. So like it helps me at least reprioritize some stuff. Oh, yeah. For, for example, sure. like I'm just like, oh, there's this thing that I want to like go on this trip. I could also spend that time and that money or if it like there's a BTS concert coming up. I got invited to go to the Las Vegas thing happens to be on my mom's birthday. And I was like, I could spend hundreds of dollars, go to Vegas, have a really good time. It'd be really fun. I'm a minor. I'm not BTS ARMY, but it would be kind of like one of those once in a moment lifetimes because like a bunch of friends are going, it'd be a really dope experience, hands down. But what would I regret more? Like not spending my birth, oh, like yeah. my mom's birthday with her. And those are different. I, again, depending on people's relationship with their parents, that's on you. But for me, I had to like, it's really, really kind of impacting the way I make my decisions now. And it's nice that I don't feel too stressed about it anymore. It gave, but I was like, are you are you shitting me right now, Minji Chang? Like, you're really, like, stressing over BT. You don't even like, you know, like, two of their songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Yes, yeah. it'll be fun. And yes, I'm really big on experiences because it's not even just about, like, BTS. It's about the experience of, like, being with friends, especially after pandemic. Epic, you know, getting a suite with them and, like, having, like, that's, it's dope, right? And I would cherish that. But what would I cherish more? To me, then, I was like, oh, that's an easy answer. But, like, the funny thing is I have this newfound and very profound appreciation for time being present like you're saying i'm working on like getting off my phone more and, and stuff when i'm around them so i was like bitch why are you on tiktok be with your mom yeah. like, <laughs> um but it's also funnily causing friction because i would still like to prolong as much time in a healthy manner because i want to have genuinely quality time because i watched my grandma's father my great-grandfather like pass away in a bed for the last several years of his life. Yeah. Like as much as I can have them healthy. So that's another hurdle that I'm currently dealing with that. Like, I genuinely feel like I'm the parent now I'm like checking in on them, trying to monitor, like what's your sodium intake. I mean, I've also Girl, been like this for let me tell you decades. something. That shit is so fucking hard. I've been trying to get this goddamn woman to drink fucking water. That's the, that's some <laughs> basic ass shit. She will not drink water to save her life. I'm like, you drink, Thank I'm you. like, you drink water. She goes, I had coffee. Bitch, that's not water. That's not water. Yeah. I'm like, yo, dude, they, these fools crack me up so fucking much. She goes, you need to go ahead and get your yearly checkup. Have you? <laughs> don't talk to me about no doctor shit. You don't see the doctor. You fucking tell me what to do. You know? Tell me why it is so hard. I, I don't know. It's a generational thing. It's a cultural thing. It is so hard for them to like, they'll, they'll, they even lie to me. I swear. I feel like I'm dealing with teenagers. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? I know they're lying to me. I was like, okay, go do it. And they're like, Arasa. Yeah. Like, you're not going to do it. You're, you're lying through your teeth and smiling about it. I hear it. You're not going to do it. And I'll follow up in a few months. And like, did you make an appointment? Like, well, I don't know. Oh, I got so busy. Yeah, like, dude, almost, my know? mom's retiring. <sighs> my parents are retiring next year. And I'm trying to get them to move over here. And when they do, I'm going to be on that fucking ass. <laughs> You know, they don't even fucking know. It's like, let me see you drink that glass of fucking water right now. Oh, my God. She's like, you don't know when you're older, you don't need much water. Don't be making up pseudoscience to me right now. I will Seriously. beat your ass. She's like, where'd you WebMD that? <laughs> like, I know, like, older people, they eat less, but we need water. You need to drink water. Look at your chap ass yeah. lips. <laughs> Piss me off, dude. Oh, my God. I would like, honestly, I, I, I say that with all the love. I would pay to watch that because like you because you've you've given me glimpses of like how how savage your mom is and like watch you battle her oh. as like as she is getting to be, you know, high money status the way my mom is and like 
bickering. It's just over the stupidest thing. Like, did you stress? My dad, he thinks that because he works out, he can do anything, eat anything because he exercises. That's so funny. It drives me freaking crazy. He eats like he's 18 years old and like that cholesterol, none of that is an issue. You know what I'm saying? He's 65. I'm like, stop it. It has been a fight for the last at least decade. Oh, dude. And it's, he's like, I, I feel like young, no, no. You're just, we're not going to win, but we just have to try. As, as, yeah, exactly. as long as we tried, like I've, I've seen my dad has like high blood pressure. He's taking high blood pressure medicine. Let me tell you this fucking funny ass story. Actually, I went back to Sacramento. This was like a couple years ago. And then I come into the house and I see a box of just like 85 degree bakery shit. And I'm like, <laughs> hey, bro, what's up? Aren't you like pre-diabetic? The fuck, <laughs> fuck is all this? You know? And I'm like, what is this? He goes, I bought it for you. I'm like, no, no, you no. I don't even like bread like that. Don't even say shit like that. I never asked that. I don't even like it. And he goes, no, it's it's for you. I'm like, are you fucking lying to me? I'm like, all right, whatever. And so I look into the freezer and I see like fucking three buckets of ice cream. I'm like, hey, yeah. do, mm-hmm. what are you, Willy Wonka? Like, why do you have so much candy and ice cream in this house? Yep. And I'm looking at him and he goes, I don't even eat that. It's been in there for months. And I'm like, okay, you know, I could just, I don't know, look at the date. <laughs> yeah, yep, like, yep. there's no way to figure that out. So, okay, fuck it. I dropped it. And then literally in the middle of the night, I wake up to get some water. I see this dude wake up like a like Dracula from, from the couch. He gets up. I'm staring at him. Doesn't even notice I'm looking at him. Walks over to the fr- freezer, pulls out a bucket of ice cream and starts eating it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, oh. <laughs> just stop as if like him not moving i can't see him anymore i'm like you're eating ice cream after you just wake up he goes i haven't had ice cream in months i'm like i'll fucking kill this guy i will literally fucking kill you i will beat your ass like i'm so i get so fucking mad same here that's why i'm saying like you're gonna kill me before you die yeah. because you're making my blood pressure like through the freaking roof my dad at least your dad has like I don't know, a quieter snack. My dad eats Doritos like there's funny. no tomorrow. And they're hella loud. And like, I don't have ears. And he's like, oh, I don't eat them. <laughs> and I was like, what are you saying? I heard you from upstairs. I can hear you on, like, I just don't understand. It's like, I I, I feel like I have two, like, 14-year-olds that I have to manage it's now. Just, we're just at that age now. And it's yeah. so fun. I mean, it's sad, too, because... We get, we get these constant reminders of, you know, us getting older. We're not even old, but it's just, you know, it is what it is. Like they, yeah. for example, like my friend's mother just passed away three weeks ago. And mm, I so she funny. messaged me because I did a podcast about my favorite, you know, Filipino food is dinaguan. And the first time I read dinaguan was at her house from Aww. her mom. And it reminded her of her mom. And then we'll get to talk. I was like, how's your mom? Lo and behold, didn't know that she passed away. And she passed away and now she's wrecked from it. And it's like, oh, that's another reminder. Like, like your parents aren't going to be here forever, you know? Yeah. But, you know, for me, I call my mom every day. So I talk to her every day. So it's like, and I don't just do it for myself. I do it for her, you know, because yeah. it's something, it's a small act of kindness that makes her feel happy and seen and heard and loved. I could just, yeah. I could just do it. And I just, it's fine. You know? Good. Good. And then it also checks in on her water intake. Yeah. I was like, did you drink water? And then she hangs up on me. I'm like, hello? <laughs> hello? <laughs> yeah. I'm being a good son. I'm being a good son. Yo, she's literally done that before. <laughs> and I should piss me oh off. My, I believe it. 
I believe it. If you're telling me that she's like 10 times worse than you, I, I don't even think you get through the she's question. so full of I shit. Think- like she'll be like, oh, gotcha. I'm like, you fucking <laughs> lie to me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, I love it. For those who get in translation subtitles, oh, all of a sudden it just, it's just disconnected. Yeah, she's like, oh, I went into a tunnel. You don't drive. <laughs> You mean you went into a tunnel? You don't have a driver's license. Get the fuck out of here. I love it. Oh, my God. I, I would love to meet your mom one day. Or just like you should do a video with her. Gosh. I had my mom on my podcast. This is stuff that I'm trying to do. Like get my parents to like record stuff with me. My dad refuses. But, you know, I'll, my parents I'll are shy. They don't want to do it. I asked them already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's special. But no, I, I, I'm glad that you're doing that. And I honestly wanted to talk about, I just figured you'd have, A, have really great stories, which totally true. I could listen to these all day. B, like, just to give that credit, I talk about so many things on my podcast, but, and my parents pop up here and there, but I wanted to like give space because the more and more that I'm getting older, my friends and I are sharing more of these stories mm-hmm. to like take care of, like you're saying, like their health, their medication, um, insurance stuff, like finding out how to deal with, Stuff that I'm like, I don't know how to do these things. And what if they are gone before I learn how to do them? That's something that really scares me. Mm. Um, And like, you know, I'm single as hell. You have Mariel. Congrats, by the mm-hmm. way. You guys are like the cutest. But like if if or you if you do or don't have kids, like I know it just weighs on my mom so much that I don't have a spouse or a partner. She's just and I, I don't think she's coming at it in a nagging way. She's genuinely worried. Like, I just want to know that my daughter's going to be taken care of. You just like, need it, to just it, tell her, it's like, oh, ma, I could have a kid anytime. You could just bust nuts at me right now if I wanted. <laughs> Having a kid is not hard. Want to put that in a Hallmark card and send that to her, my mom? You do. I always fuck with my mom all the time. <laughs> dude, what, dude, I used to fuck up. I used to do some stupid shit. Like the other day, uh, I uh, I was traveling. I went to um, Pittsburgh, and my my mom asked if I, you know, if I landed safely. And I was like, "Oh my!" Like the plane crashed. Like I'm in the middle of nowhere. She was, oh, I'm, like, ah, I'm just kidding. I'm fine. <laughs> I, you know, she can young. I was, I was to, like smacking. I used her to head. always fuck around there. She goes, "Are you gonna have kids?" I was like, "I'm gay." <laughs> she hates me. I want to have a gay kid. Honestly, to be honest, like I would love to have a gay son. Dude, if my kid was gay, oh my God, I would have a field day. I'm like, dude, you know, daddy loves you, but I'm going to be making fun of you all the time. Oh and that's my because God. daddy loves you. <laughs> I was like, oh you my can, God. I'll invite boy, girl, whatever the hell you want, but let me make jokes. <laughs> that's, You're just going to be like, blame grandma. It's grandma's fault. I know. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's her fault. I'm dude, like, this. I would just love Like if my son was gay, that'd be so dope. We could just make fun of each other all the time. It's like, hey, bro, I'd, I'd give you a taco, but you like hot dogs. So I can't give that to you. <laughs> Honestly, my gay friends are the, some of my funniest friends in general. Like the the wit is is beyond. I cannot even. Dude, so yeah, that, I can I can imagine the battle. That'd be so fun. Be I would love it. <laughs> But I appreciate you talking about all of this with me because I just want to give space for people that are out there with the same struggle is real, is very deep, and it's logistically challenging. Mm. It's genuinely like having children before you have children. Yes. I just wanted to like put that out. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of us are kind of going through these thoughts and we're all figuring it out right now. The the Mm -hmm. hardest part about it is just like uh, just trying to change something that you can't change. The accept For it's sure. just the acceptance is really hard and like oh I'm like these scenarios went through your head. What if you're just chilling and one day your dad has a heart attack? Where do I go? Where do I take him? Do I take him to the hospital? Do I call nine one one? What the fuck do I do? You know, it's like ugh. Yep. Anxiety. It's a lot. Anxiety. Yeah, the anxiety that hopefully does not result in you 
sitting in a stall. In the I know. I'm just like looking at my dad. I was like, dude, please just die in your sleep. So like, just, oh, make it easy. For me, for me, yeah, for me, make it easier on me. But I'm glad that you're, you're, you have these better relationships. I'm glad you call your mom. And I'm glad you have this self-awareness and that like you give a shit about the things you do and the things you don't, you don't. I love it. I know. Who knows what's going to happen, man? I, I always say too, I always give so many people ammunition to cancel me, but it hasn't happened yet. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens, everybody. <laughs> you challenge people, David. It's funny. You're just like, cancel me. I dare you. There's a, oh, I love yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, I don't expect to be on this space for too long, to be honest with you. Like I just, mm. I, I, I. I've actually done everything that I wanted to do in terms of entertainment, which is kind of weird. It happened a lot faster than I thought it was. Um, mm-hmm. Like the whole movie thing, wanting to be on a TV series. Like I did a Netflix show, Traveling the World. Yeah, congrats. It's like, I don't know what else I want now. Like in terms of entertainment, like, yeah, I could do it again, but it's not going to feel the same, you know? Because um, you're like been there, done that? Yeah. We're like, I've already achieved. There's no novelty. Yeah, it's just like, oh, this is fun. Like, I'll do it again. I'm not saying I don't enjoy it, but if, let's say, everything disappears tomorrow and I have to, I don't know, you know, just get a regular nine to five, I, I'd be pretty cool with it. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, it's fine. Or the plan was, I'm not going to have children, but, oh, Mariel has some news. I don't oh, let know. Let me tell you something. If I planted my seed insider on accident, this woman would kill me. She, <laughs> she would literally kill me. I, I, I do. I cannot. Like because she's just not ready, and she's like, I she would beat my ass. Yeah, no, I could, I could see that. Yeah. I love your guys' dynamic, by the way. And also, before we close out, I want to like do the little anecdote for for posterity for me to have this on my podcast. I love that sidebar. I'm not taking credit for it, but I'm like part of the story of why you met your your woman, your lady. Do you remember? Really. Yeah. You don't remember. Okay. Well, it's fine. I'm inconsequential and it's totally fine. It's not I don't remember. Sure. But on my side, because you asked me to be in your video. That's right. You asked me to be in your video. And I I will t- I'm I still to this day get butthurt that I couldn't be in it because I would have had so much fun with you. Again, for me, like acting is acting and I wanted to do certain things and like milestones and achievements. And it would have been an achievement to like be in your skit because you're blown up and it was a big deal. And I knew that. And I was so looking forward to playing. It was your mom, right? She played your mom? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I oh my God, I was so honored. And like, just, yes, I want to do the achievements. Yes, you're a big YouTuber. Like, totally. I was like, oh my God, like, I'm going to be in a David So skit. But it was just like having fun with you. It just sounded excellent. It was like right up my alley. And then I couldn't because my freaking travel wouldn't allow me. I couldn't, I had to fly to Seattle or something. So I was like, mm. I'm sorry, David, I cannot do it. And I was so disappointed. But all of that is fine because you met Mario. It all happens for, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Everything. Who knows? If you were in the sketch, we'd be married, Benji. That's what <laughs> That's what would have happened. See, but like the universe had a different outcome. <laughs> and then we would have a, a, a married couples podcast. Screaming at each other. Uh, just yelling at each other all the time. And I'm like, God, dude, these fucking crazy girls are nuts. <laughs> Sorry, but the rumors are true. Dude, um, I, uh, that's funny. Yeah. Can you, can you real quick before we close, um, can you share what, what happened? So you guys, did you just like, she show up in Sparks Blue and like, well, I actually met her before because she was at an, uh, she was a PA on set. Um, oh, okay. Or a different sketch, but I didn't re- really remember her that much. 
because mm-hmm. I was just, I was working. I was in working mode, you know. Mm-hmm. And then this one was a little more casual. And then she was now on set as an actress, but she doesn't act. You know, I mm-hmm. just we just needed somebody who was Korean that could speak Korean. And I just told him, like, well, we'll walk you through everything or whatever. And I saw her. I was like, oh, this girl's fun. You know, uh-huh. like, she's funny and goofy. And I was flirting with her. And then lo and behold, now we're together we're engaged, which is kind of crazy. Love. When is the wedding? I don't fucking know. We'll figure that shit out. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. I just I just bought her the the wedding band mm. the other day, which got well, everything costs like money. David, if you have time, I did a whole episode bitching about uh, wedding culture. <laughs> Man, fu- well, everybody knows me. I hate weddings. Like I, I've, I've, I've said it so many times that people are afraid to ask me to go to the wedding now because, like, mm. I, I hate. Okay, you hate them. I don't hate the 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 concept of a wedding. I hate the the fact I have to spend money on some bullshit. <laughs> Thank, like, thank you. Okay, that's essentially what I said. I actually really love weddings. I cry. I have a great time. But like being bridesmaid, all the I get, I get, I have anger there. Girl, there are so <laughs> many stuff. I when, when okay, when girls do like the whole bridesmaid thing and they go, okay, we're gonna go to Cabo for a week, okay, and then this is what I want. We're gonna dress up like this. Everybody's gonna be a different <laughs> color peacock, and then we're just gonna go out there and let our fucking feathers go. And I'm like, yo. Who the fuck is paying for all this? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, hold on a Thank second. You, you got to pay for your peacock dress. You got to then pay for the food, the travel, the stay, and theirs. <laughs> How unfair is that shit? Man, you should have been on this episode with me. Oh, I could go for it. Dude, some people be asking me to go to the weddings. I'm like, I don't know you like that. No. <laughs> I need to learn from you. I'm like, yes, totally an insight. I was like, God damn it. My thing is this. If I say no and you hate me for it, then we were never friends. Like, Oh, true. That's what it is. Because like my really good friends, they want me to go. They know we're really good friends. Like I'm down because I love you to death. If we drank a few times, we see each other now and then. We're cordial. That's Don't invite me to your wedding. Don't waste your money on me. I am not worth it because I am not going to waste my money on you. So... <laughs> Don't, don't worry. Like, well, well, then, you know, you don't have to invite me to your wedding. I know. I never planned to. <laughs> that was, that was, what? That was not part of any plan. How, like, the audacity you wouldn't even invite yourself to my wedding. How ridiculous is that? <laughs> yeah. God, I, this could go on for 15 hours. I love it. You really should have been on that episode. I was, I got very heated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I know the pressure, dude, because I because, you know, I know we should end this. But Mariel was like she was she had to go to uh, a wedding and it was like out of state and she had to book an Airbnb. She didn't know anybody at the wedding except for the bride. Right. Oh. So she had to pay for a plane ticket, a place to stay. And she was going to be the only person there because I sure as fuck wasn't going. So <laughs> she she was like and she was like, oh, my God, I'm so stressed. We're like in the middle of a move. I was like, hold on a second. Why do you have to go? You don't have to go. This was a last minute invite. Fuck that. Oh, last minute too. That's that's rude. Yeah, I was like, you don't need to do shit. Okay. Mm. They didn't spend any money on you for food. They just had a slot. Fuck them. Mm. Just tell mm. them happy marriage. Send them a picture of your middle finger and say good luck. And then after that, you're good to go. Well, that's a David RSVP. That's not necessarily a Mariel RSVP, but yeah, yes, I, I understand. The that's how you do it. People have literally, I've literally had conversations with people. Somebody was trying to make me cut, be one of their groomsmen. I barely knew him. They were like, yo. But see, 
that oh. makes my that makes my harder because that also is I mean it's not your obligation but it's also showing like to you to them like you're a really close friend you and know? to me you are now a loser because we are not <laughs> we are not that close so yes. go Fair. create good bonds with people that care about you and don't do it with strangers and you don't want me to do that I had a friend who um came to their wedding I told them I don't do speeches right? Mm. I do this for a living. I'm here to get drunk. And this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get drunk and I'm going to, when, when the yin yang twins come on, I'm about to let this <laughs> pussy pop. This is oh what's going to happen. And so we're at this, and then all of a sudden you hear this thing. It's like, Hey, uh, if anybody wants to make a speech, somebody from California or, and everybody's looking at me on the table and I'm getting mad. I was like, I specifically told you I wasn't going to do a speech. So they brought wrath upon themselves. I grabbed that mic and I roasted the bride for like 30 minutes straight. David, (laughs) you didn't have to do that. Oh yes, I did. I told them not to. I said, do not do this. And they chose to push me into a corner. I do not like that. And plus I already drank. And I was about to pop this pussy. Oh and my God. I was upset. We're still yes, friends. You weren't te- okay, we'll see. That was like, it was just a test. Really. <laughs> Honestly, this is really funny because I just realized in us talking about the wedding stuff, the like late bloomer thing, the parent stuff, you, you, you're my last episode of season two. We kind of summarized the entire of my season two in this one episode. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, so thank you. Not every single thing, but largely. I think we did kind of like this recap. And it's like two hours long, and I'm fine with it because I love this conversation. So I love it. This is actually a very good way to end my my season two. Oh, am I the finale? You are the finale. And I'm taking another little break. break, And man, at every point, I'm like, do I keep doing this? Because, yeah, anyway. Hey, if it's fun, keep doing it. It is fun. It is so fun. This is so much fun. Hell yeah. So thank you, David, for being here and for sharing your very honest, (laughs) direct thoughts with all of us today. Please don't cancel me. I was joking about that, everybody. I uh, I say things, but I really don't want to be canceled. I have a I I am I'm I have a wedding to pay for. I know. I was like, he's about to be married. He's gonna have a wife. No, I'm a good person. I just say crazy things. If I offended you, I apologize, but I cannot change. And no, I'm kidding. I could change. I could change. We'll see. We're gonna we're gonna revisit this. I'm gonna have you back on. We're gonna do a little comparison. Like you know, how much did he grow? I know. I love Shang Chi. It was the greatest. <laughs> Um, where can people follow you? I'm going to definitely link everything, but, uh, how, how would you like to plug your show and all that? Uh, I say, follow me at David. So comedy, you can follow the genius brain podcast, uh, check out the, uh, contemporary fashion basics brand secret society. It's something that I really, really love. It's a side project. I, I enjoy it so much. Um, we also have my, uh, matcha franchise called Junbi, J U. NBI Matcha. You can see a store in Roland Heights. There's one out in Westwood near UCLA. We have another one in Dallas. We have a one out in Jersey and wow. potentially four more stores opening up this year. Um, check us out. Oh, also, Eat Shrimp Daddy is another food business of mine. Um, see us at Smorgasburg on Sundays in Los Angeles. One of the biggest businesses out there in the food world. Uh, we have, we're doing a lot. So. By the sidebar, congrats on all that. I didn't know that was like the expansion was so prolific. But um, also, I really miss Drips and Swirls. I'm just going to say it was really. Oh, I got another possible soft serve thing I'm going to do this year. Okay. Uh, 
Yeah, so I'm I'm working. I'm working on it. I got to get that one back. Hey, yeah, no, it was really so good. I genuinely really miss it. Um, actually, I, I one last thing as we close out because I do a, a lightning round, and I would I definitely want to have it, you do it. Just three questions to close out the episode. You ready for? Yeah. Three very important questions. Number one, David, what are you grateful for? I am grateful that my penis still works <laughs> at will. Thank, I will. Okay. Thank, thank God I still get morning wood and the boy is nice and healthy. No, but the things that I'm grateful for is the fact that <laughs> I'm just grateful for, ev- to be honest with you, every fucking thing. I I know that when you when people see my videos and, you know, it's content, like I'm just spitting ideas and, you know, I like to roast people. I like to fucking pick at things. That's just what comics do. But in, in all honesty, if you want to talk about what I'm grateful for, literally fucking everything. I have a career in which I get to choose my own path. I get to work with my friends. I have a roof over my fucking head. I have food in my fucking stomach. I have lights. I get to shower. I don't stink. There's so many fucking things, man. Life is fucking good. And if even if it wasn't this great, at least I get to live. I that's I just I enjoy living. Like God. that's is the best part about it. It's like not everything is perfect. You know, I tend to have a lot of bad luck. Just tends to explode in my face a lot, but I, <laughs> I, I do enjoy the experience. <laughs> we'll talk offline. I want to. I, I we, we can talk more about that. But like, yeah, I don't want more bad things to happen to you. But I love. I love the attitude. And I love the gratitude. Mm. I was not trying to rhyme. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> second question: What are you looking forward to? I am looking forward to next week when I get my fat order of beef ribs and blood sausage morcias so I could grill it over my freaking brio uh, fire pit. Excellent. I've, I've been cooking over fire lately, so this is my shit right now. Everything no. caveman style. Okay, then I'll be checking your Instagram for that story so mm-hmm. I can witness it. Looks great. That sounds really, really good. Uh, last but not least, uh, what, what do you want to leave – First of all, listeners with any final words? Uh, the COVID vaccine has now found a cure for AIDS. So have sex without condoms and it is so much better. It feels weird. I'm, I'm kidding. Come it's on. Back by Dr. Fauci right now. <laughs> yes, I'm so kidding. I, I don't know, guys. Don't take everything so seriously in life. I, I just really, really want people to understand that your, your emotions matter, your feelings matter. But when those things take control of your actions in your day to day, that's when you have failed. Try not to take things so seriously, you know, learn to where to comp- like compartmentalize your emotions. You know, not everything should, not everything deserves your hundred percent attention all the time. Focus mm-hmm. on the things that matter. You will be so much happier for it. Cut out people that fucking weigh you down and destroy you. You have no obligation to lift other people up. That is not your shit. Just be the best person that you can be and fucking kill it. Invest in yourself, my friends. Also, Pfizer has now developed a vaccine for AIDS. <laughs> AIDS. <laughs> you know why I'm a public health background and so ultimately like this is very ironic. You're turning my into a misinformation PSA. I, I don't know. I just... <laughs> I literally glanced at something online the other day where it was like, oh, the mRNA vaccine might have, you know, found a way to cure like AIDS. And I'm like, whoa, look at that. No condoms. Just kidding. Mm. Always use condoms. Don't have sex. Always use condoms and don't have sex. 
Yes. Thank you for season two of First of All, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. This podcast is brought to you by Pfizer. The CDC and Pfizer. <laughs> Dr. Sochi. Love you, David. Thank you so much for being a guest. Have an amazing rest of your week and stay healthy. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. You call me again. Thank you so much for tuning in for our season finale episode, Conversation with David So on Self-Awareness and Parenting Our Parents. David, thank you. You check. I love you. <laughs> Thanks for being a great guest and for joining the podcast. I'm glad we finally made it happen. There's a lot more to talk about down the line, so I'm excited for that. If you guys want to follow along uh, David's journey, go to at David So Comedy on Instagram. You can find his uh, podcast, Genius Brain Podcast, on all the podcast platforms. Highly entertaining, as you can you got a little snippet of that with us here. And yeah, thank you to Marvin Ewing, my audio engineer and producer. Thank you to Anna Sun. Thank you to Juliana Deer. I love you guys so much. Thank you for helping make this season such a success. I appreciate you so much. I'm a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, which is a collective of Asian American podcasters and storytellers. And if you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it with a friend, leave a five-star review, and follow along. You can subscribe on all the different podcast platforms. And special shout out to my Patreon patrons. Thank you guys for helping me keep this podcast going. I love you guys so much. And uh, thank you for being friends and supporters. I really appreciate you. And yeah, you can hit me up, firstofallpod at gmail.com. You can follow along on Instagram at firstofallpod. My personal page is at Minjeezy. And this week's intro, per usual, is by, provided by our amazing friend Uzu Han, his song Uzu Trap. And our outro this week is David So, because I hyped him up so much because he is a really wonderful singer. And you guys can enjoy his melodic voice here on his cover. Uh, I will enjoy my break immensely, and then I will be back for season three, so stay tuned for announcements on that. I love you so much. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll talk to you all soon. Bye. Hey, I'm Phil Yu, and you may know me from a blog called Angry Asian Man. And I'm Jeff Yang, author, journalist, and celebrity dad. We host a podcast called They Call Us Bruce, an unfiltered conversation about what's happening in Asian America. Each week or so, we host a discussion about some of the most vital and interesting topics in our pop culture and our community, bringing in guests who are shaping and informing this thing called Asian America from Hollywood to D.C. and beyond. Uh, we got media, entertainment, food, family, politics, representation. The good, the bad, the WTF of it all. So check us out wherever you get your podcasts or at theycallspruce.com. Peace. Peace. Peace.